Welcome back to another episode of Your List Sucks. This is episode, I think, 29, not sure, maybe 30. Um, but we are doing uh, a thing that's very big in this community. Uh, this is favorite Schmodown matches. I tried to do best, and I got a lot of the same. So I want what people consider their favorite. And then I can personally judge them for saying this is their favorite match of a top 10 of all the Schmodown matches. Um, I have some returning faces. I have one new face, and I have Jake I have uh, Jake Marangoni. So um, first I'm going to go to uh, Michael, Michael Campbell, uh, the man that demanded that he's on this episode did get, didn't give me a choice. I normally seek people out, but he said, uh, uh, I can change my list whenever I want. I will be there the night of and uh, a bunch of demands. So with that being said, do you think you're going to have the best list tonight? Or do you think you're just here to talk about smart matches and don't care what I have to say? Uh, I think I have a good list. Uh, it's a nice mix between, you know, important matches and then personal favorites. Um, yeah, it should be fun. It was definitely tough to come. I think the top five were pretty set. And then after that, there's like 30, and it's really hard to cut them all down. You know, I did have, I had to make a late change, which I mean, I'm not happy about. But I mean, we'll get, we'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Yes, yes. Normally I make people, def normally make people defend stuff, but he clearly broke the rules, and I will explain why he broke the rules later. Um, next is uh, Jake the Maestro Marangoni. Jake, uh, you also. Uh, said, I have to be on this episode. You could not exclude me. You could not bring somebody on the past episode, spin a wheel, and let them be on the episode. You wanted to personally be on this episode. So, uh, you're a big fan of the showdown. Do you think you have the correct favorite to make me happy because the only person that matters is me? Or do you think your <laughs> list is going to suck like it did for animated movies? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I've got to redeem myself after the uh, animated list, which I thought was pretty good. And I, even even though I, I got so much shit for it, I absolutely enjoyed being on that one. Now, listen, I love the spread on it. And uh, I ran into an almost obsessive point, like a bunch of us in this panel. And it's going to be interesting to see. I had, kind of echoing Michael, I had one set. I really only had one set match, and that was number one. And I had to kind of figure out. A bunch of others that I to put on the list, and uh, after rewatching a lot of them, I feel I feel confident about this one. So we'll see how it goes, and if the, either you like it or not, I mean that's not really the point. <laughs> I just want to talk about these matches. Uh, no, that's the entire point of the show. <laughs> um, uh, we'll see. Um, where I'm excited because this show, you oh, everybody holds their list, supposed to hold their list to their vest, so you don't know. I'm pretty sure two people probably didn't, but uh, I'm excited to see everybody's reaction when number ones get released. Um, but we got Thomas, uh, the Warhawk, isn't that right? Scully, that's your name, the coolest name in the uh, nickname in the families. I absolutely love that name. Um, do you, you've been on this show before. Uh, do you think you're going to improve on this performance, or are you still going to do middle of the road? Uh, you know, I certainly hope so. Last time I was on here, I was I was called many names. I was insinuated as a lot of things, and a meme was born. So, um, but I do hope, in terms of quality of lists, I have a good quality list. Um, this is favorite matches, so. Uh, I hope that I have uh, the best list tonight. If I don't, then I'm okay with that. But for me, I think my list is a combination of personal favorites plus great quality matches that I personally love. There are a lot of uh, subjective things on this list where like, I, I, I just loved seeing the outcome play out the way it was. Other times where I just love seeing a good match on screen. So yeah, uh, I, I, I hope my list is 
held high in your regard, and I hope that my list doesn't suck tonight. Uh, what meme was created? I'm just curious. Yo. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I just I, I just wanted you to do it again. Uh, next, next we've got uh, JTH uh, from JTH Reacts. Uh, he sent it. He he said, "Well, I'm a confirmed person, right? Like he's got to be on this episode." And I said, "Sure, you can be on it." Um, what do you, you are a big Schmodown fan? Uh, do you think you have the correct list, or is it all going to feature Rachel Cushing? Uh, no, it's not going to all feature Rachel Cushing. I'm already going in expecting to get an F just because I'm wearing a Ravens shirt, and that's I already broke rule number one. Don't piss off the Patriot fan. That is Cody Newberry. So, uh, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm glad you chose to have me on. You know, been reacting for nearly two and a half years, so I'm glad I can bump the view count out by about six or seven views. So, thank you to all those people out there, and uh, just looking forward to having a good time with a bunch of other Spodown fans. All right, so if no one's ever been on the show before, um, this is Schmodown, so we might get some people that have not watched the show before. But how the show works is everybody creates uh, top ten lists. They come uh, in here. I don't have a list myself. All I have is my opinion and my judge, uh, my hammer judge, uh, my judgment. I don't even know where I was going to go with that. But uh, I get to get, get to pretty much rip these people apart for their choices and their view uh, views on matches. Um so basically, everybody's going to share their 10 through 8, then 7 through 4, and then we're going to trade one apiece once we get to the top. I will grade everybody's list at the end, and we will combine them to say what the top 10 favorite Shimona matches of all time are. Is it correct? No, but we'll see. Uh, we're going to start with, uh, yo, uh, Thomas Scully. Uh, give us your 10, 9, 8. If somebody has it higher, please say yikes, and also I have the ability to tell you to shut up. It's called the Luca Hope Fallon Madden uh, rule, so just deal with it. Okay? So go. Okay, so my number 10 uh, is Andrejko versus Bibiani 2. That's their, that's their uh, title match from a little over a year ago. JTH. Do we have a yikes? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> um, my number nine is uh, Above the Line versus Wolves of Steel from the 2017 yikes. team tournament. Okay. Yikes. And my number eight is Kalinowski Cushing 2, the Schmodown Throwdown 1. Yikes. Okay. Okay, so you get to talk about one and one only. So talk about your 10. Yeah, so I chose this one uh, because I, I, I genuinely love this match because it's two titans of the game who have not only respect for each other, but respect for the game in general. This was the first singles title match to not feature either Sam Levine or Dan Merle since Roca versus Riley. And I, I thought that was a very interesting concept because you had Sam Levine vacate that belt. And the storylines going in was, it's not just Andrejko versus Bibiani 2, which was the highest scoring match in Shabbat on history for, for the longest time. You had two, and the rivalry between these two, it wasn't out of, it wasn't born out of hatred or or resentment, much like a lot of the rivalries in the Shmodan had been up until that point. But it was just a nice, friendly rivalry between two really good players who had never crossed paths except for that one time. And the match played out in spectacular fashion. You saw that both competitors did uh, have their struggles in the, in, the, in the championship rounds, the rounds three and four. Um, but evidently, it came down to the wire. It was a one-point game. And, you know, all the tension in that room when, when Draco was answering that five-point question potentially for the win, you could cut the tension like that with a knife. And that's what I love about these title matches is that uh, is how close a lot of these are. Uh, th th this, this was no exception. Okay. Uh, so it just makes my list at number 10. Um, and we saw a uh, 
uh, a first ever champion in Bibiani, his first championship. Uh, wow. You talked a whole lot about your number 10. I can't wait to get to number one. It's going to last four hours. Um, yeah, this is a fine match. I, I don't think it's top 10 of all time. I think, um, I think it's fun. It's a, it's a, it's a fine match. Um, I kind of want to see the opposite happen. I really wanted Andrico to win the belt on this one. Um, so that may be why I have little feelings for that. But it's okay match. Um, but, yeah. I mean, 10, I can't really give you too much crap for. Um, all right. So we're going to move to JTH. So kind of follow us what Thomas did besides the long run time. So go ahead. All right. So uh, my number 10 is the uh, ultimate team showdown final from 2017. That would be team action versus above the line. Uh, my number nine uh, is two Schmodown uh, fans of her own right, Chance Ellison Yikes. versus Paul Yama. Yikes. Fair enough. And uh, my number eight, probably a very underrated match. I don't think anyone's going to have this one, but it's the uh, Intergeekton title match from the first Collider Collision, Hector Navarro versus Jeremy Johns. Mm-hmm. I'm so shocked. Hey, <laughs> good match. Good match. Talk about your 10 and 8. Sorry, I'm shocked. I'm a little shocked. Yeah, I, I, I was little. waiting for the word. I didn't want to interrupt the, uh, oh, the host. You're good. So, uh, you're good. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my number 10, team action above the line. This was just the ultimate, you know, good guy team versus ultimate bad guy team. That's kind of what Schmodown is made for, just these complete contrasting personalities. And just to see them clash back and forth with so much on the line and at stake, it built up, you know, above the line going against the Patriots for their first of – you know, classic matches. And of course it set up team action versus top 10 at the uh, spectacular that year. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of great, uh, entertaining, uh, questions asked and a lot of great fun. Uh, my number eight, um, Jeremy Johns versus Hector Navarro. Obviously this was back when the, uh, the inner geekdom format was a little bit different. This is before the category expansion happened. And you got to see both of these players at their peak. This is back when Hector Navarro was an absolute beast in the inner geekdom. And Johns was kind of the, uh, the up and coming, obviously, the YouTube sensation. Everybody wanted to see if Johns was going to pull it off. And great back and forth match. Both of them showcased how much they know about their comic book movie knowledge and everything else. And of course, it came down to uh, Back in Black, song that's going to haunt Jeremy Johns forever. Allowed Harry to borrow. I'm just saying, Damien's super free. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it, it kind of, I guess that's kind of the reason why a lot of people don't think this match is as high, just because it kind of ended on such a sour note. So because he went with Super Freak, so it was, but it was kind of a, a downer. But at the end of the day, I think the better player did win. So uh, it was just a great, fun overall match. And as an intergeekdom fan myself, I love watching two top tier players going at it at a big stage. Um, okay, uh, so your number ten, uh, Bubble Line uh, versus Team Action. I really like this match because. It was pretty much the table that didn't care. Like, action did not, wasn't able to do anything to them. Like, they just played their game and they tried everything they possibly could to just. I pretended that Drew was actually Sam Levine. Yeah. You don't talk. You You guys have weeks to prepare. That's the best. (laughs) Shush. You do not get to talk. 10 through 8, you get silence. Dang. People keep breaking the rules on the show. I'm going to have to start kicking people out. Um,. So, uh, yeah, they just sit there and they're like, congratulations, you're going to have the most boring champion of all time. Whoop-de-doo! And they, like, left. It's, that's that's one of those moments. I think just action back then was, like, the the best uh, 
douchebags at that point. Uh, and then you're eight. Um, I, I don't like this match because I honestly don't believe Hector Navarro was the best champion at that time. I think Hector was fine. He's middle of the road trivia. You've seen in the, pre- in the previous, in this uh, past times that he's played, he's, it was just kind of like Robert Meyer Burnett. You were there at the time you had the championship. There was not like the people we have now. Um, but I, I always will remember super freak. I don't know. I don't know it. I'm sorry. I just don't. And like, how far off super freaking back in black truly is like it's crazy <laughs> that he thought that and he even did the sound too he's like yeah, yeah. and like nothing super freak um ah. and, he, and he was up, he was up by a good amount he could have just taken it like he was it was his delu- and he just blew it so that's why it always hurts because i wanted john to actually have the title because john's fought really hard to get to that shot um so i actually think john's played better in the match he got insured yeah, yeah. You keep talking too. These Aussies, I'll tell you, don't know how the rules for Tim and Nate work, but it's all right. It's okay. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, now we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to – what order did I say? I don't even remember. I'm going Jake. Michael. Jake. We're going to go Jake. Okay, Jake. Uh, number 10, I'm sorry, Michael, is uh, Founding Fathers versus Corruption. Uh, the – the title match, the return title oh, no, match. Sorry. Um, the first match in our key yeah. tournament. First match, okay. David, David, David or Russell. Russell. Gotcha. Yeah, yes. Uh, number nine is that change that I had to make. Uh, William Bibiani versus JTE. Okay. The first time, no, I mean, that's the only time. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, John Roker versus Christian Harloff in the Ultimate Shredder tournament 2016. Wow. No one else. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. oh, I'll get to that one. But uh, yeah, so number 10, uh, this is one of those very anticipated matches. You know, Chance just came into the Schmerdown and they played pre- they played pretty good against uh, Inky and the Brain in the first round. But Founding Fathers, TKO'd, uh, wait, I know this, in the first round, uh, seven and five for Dan and, and, and Roka. They proved dominance to former champions. Going against rookie Chance and Mike, who you know, big storyline implications, and all of them were so evenly matched. After round one, it was 12 for 12. They both got 11 for 12. I'm um, oh, sorry, uh, 12 for, yeah, it was 12 to 12, and then they both got 11 11 in round two, and then went to sudden death, and always great when we go to sudden death, and then, yeah, it just came down to David O. Russell, and I still think the right calling was made, if you agree or not. But yes, I think it was it was also good to see an update like that with Michael Chance like actually beating Dan and Roka. It was a really fun match and yeah, super close. Uh, nine. Number nine is probably my one of my all-time favorite upsets, Bibiani versus JDE. Bibiani just came off of a, a perfect match against Andrew in his uh, debut. He's broke the hype. He, the highest uh, points record, uh, 23. And he was going against JT, who hasn't w- who hadn't won a match since 2014. And as he said, this is just an exhibition match. And Hips uh, missed one question in the first round, and then he got scores and soundtracks and Chef the bed. JT did consistent, did well in round one, did well in round two, and then he had the lead going in round three. And then Bibbs just shat the bed completely with his three and his five-pointer with scores and soundtracks coming back again. The ultimate upset at the time, JTE won. Nobody thought that it could happen. It's absolutely hilarious and it's absolutely amazing that it happened. It's one of my favorites. It's just so insane that it could have happened, especially after Bibiani played such a perfect match. And yeah, JTE, man, he came. That was his, uh, that was his year when he came back. 
Then number eight is, at the time, probably the best singles match, Hala uh, versus Roka. You have Freddie Prince Jr. on the uh, on the, the table, who I thought was absolutely hilarious. Whose balls are on my crackers always gets me. You got hit, uh, you got you got Roka first and only ET. <laughs> you also got Roka going blindfolded. The Saitoichi approach. It's just yeah, it, it really worked out well. It's a high-scoring match, and especially at the time with the format, just both Harloff and Rokus complemented each other in the way they played. Very few questions missed, and uh, yeah, the curse of Michael Myers is a brilliant pull by Rokus, especially since he notoriously hates horror. It's um, an absolutely fun match, and it's one that I'd like to go back and watch. All right, we'll start with the ten. Uh, ten um, was what again? Yeah, oh yeah, the ruling. I, uh, uh, this match is great. Um, again, I don't like it when Showdown hits controversy. It kind of sours it. Especially Roka and Dan are two of my favorite players of all time. Um, and I could have, I was pulling for no, no team besides that team. That team is, is literally uh, made up of the two people that made me love the Showdown. Um, but when he did, uh, I think the post-match of uh, Roka was very, uh, very big in this match. Uh, he was pissed. And, and he like, Yeah, and he showed his emotions, and he, like, let everybody know why he does this every time and fights for it. So it's it was a, it was a great moment. Uh, the match is in controversy. Agree or disagree, I don't know. I still don't know where I sit on this. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's fine to be number 10 in the higher. I'd, be, I'd kick you off the show. Uh, number nine is JT. Yes, Uh so far, I'll let the secret cat out of the bag. Jake is winning this list so far. Um, I absolutely love this match. Uh, I remember when the answer was given, JTH get it, and this was hands went up, and people stormed the stage. And, like, even Harlov was like, <laughs> like, everybody was like, you just beat him. Like, what? You just lost to a swimmer not too long ago, and you just beat the points record, William Billy Biani. So it was, it's. JT was always one of the ones that I was always hoping that would win, regardless what the match was, because it's just he definitely did the uh, the unthinkable. Uh, David versus Goliath, uh, so that is fantastic. Your eight is uh, Roka versus Harloff. This is a surprise. One that's low, two that it's not on anybody else's list. Um, this is before Roka. I love Roka to death. The blindfold before he had to like peek under it all the time, right down those <laughs> things. Like he didn't have to do it so often. It was more of a cool effect. Um, but when he pulled it out and then pulled on the performance he did, and it was back and forth, I think it finished 21-18 or something. Um, yeah, I knew it was up there. But it's literally one of my, it's still a match I went back to numerous times and watched. I think it's I think it's brilliant. Uh, Harloff used to be one of my favorite competitors back then too, so it was like give or take. But that was the prime outlaw at that time. Like you hated him or you loved him, but you – he was he didn't care and it was wonderful to see. He he's the first original heel and he he deserves that the match. And Zanza Club back to what ended up happening where he ended up losing to you know Ellis, but uh, it was a great lead up to that. Uh, okay, so we're going Campbell, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I think I screwed yeah. up the order, but whatever, it doesn't really matter at this point. I was saying uh, the just the change from best to favorite is what sort of cut Harloff versus Rick. That's fair. That's 100% fair. That's 100%. Same with me. Uh, yeah, so my number 10 is uh, Team Action versus Nerds Watch. Oh. Uh, my number nine is uh, the amazing Mara Kanopic versus Mike K. 
Kalinowski. Is that one? one. Yeah, uh, the tournament. Uh, I guess, yeah, the first one where Myra won. Finals. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then number eight is top 10 versus Patriots one. Oh, when they won the belt for the first time. The Patriots yes, won the belt. Okay. Yeah. Again. All right. Uh, yeah, so number 10, Action versus Nerds Watch. Uh, this is basically where both these teams came into their own. I think this was the second match for both of them. Uh, uh, Nerds Watch had just beaten uh, freaking Perry. Yeah, tough beats. Uh, yeah, and it's like that's sort of a win, not really a win. And Action had just beaten the the iconic team, the Night Sisters. Uh, I, I don't know why Action... Why Action wasn't given a title shot after that match, I don't know. They were forced to face the Nerd Watch. But, uh, and then this is like, it's honestly just one of the best matches of all time. Uh, Rachel got her first five questions right, and then she missed the last three. Uh, Ken played really well. Action were very sort of uneven in round one. Uh, they both ran through round uh, two. There was a critical steal from Action uh, in the directors. Uh, it was who direct, what was John Favreau's directorial debut. Nerds Watch said May, uh, Swingers, Ben Stolfer made, which ended up playing a huge part in the ensuing uh, match. Uh, round three, uh, apparently Ice Age is a Pixar franchise, we all learned in this match. Um, well, <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks to Guy for that. Uh, Nerds Watch got their, first, got their two and the three, and then they missed their five, and we all, all of a sudden go to overtime. This is one of like the first big overtime matches, was with the new buzzers. I'm pretty sure one of the first ones with the new buzzers. Um, and yeah, there was action got the first uh, overtime uh, uh, question and they missed. Nerds Watch got the next one, missed. And so we went to the third buzz around and they finally got it. And yeah, I mean, this obviously is also iconic because action came out with their mums and they were doing the nice guy act the whole the whole time. And it was, it's sort of what really made me a huge action, action fan, just the way they would be able to play with the theatrics and just turn everything on their head. Uh, yeah, so it was really good. Uh, number nine, Mara versus Mike one. Again, this is the last, like you said, the last match in the tournament. I, in a Geekton tournament, they were on opposite sides. It was sort of, everyone sort of expected Rachel versus Mike. And so obviously Mara was just coming off that Rachel match where they both were sort of out of it. And Mara was still sort of hampered uh, from the car accident. And yeah, it was, it's it's definitely a bit weird. It's not as weird as the Rachel match. Um but they both played really well in round one. There was that, the last question was the Harry Potter one where it was like, what how what was the rule? And it's still a bit weird that Mara wasn't given the point there when she was technically right. It was sort of one of those things. Uh, round two, they both sort of did good, but struggled. Uh, no, no, they didn't really blow the doors off. Uh, round three, uh, Mara ran through all of her questions. And then we, got to, we get to the... Um, the Iron Man, the classic, the iconic Iron Man uh, question, the you dummy, which I have watched since that match. It is answerable. It's just there's no way you would, like, think of that to be a question before the match. Like, in hindsight, it is answerable. They, he definitely does say that. But and <laughs> I remember watching it and being like, oh, man, is Mike actually going to miss this? And Mara is going to win. Because this was Mike's year. This was Mike's tournament. He set it up. And it was all leading to that. And... Yeah, I just love the fact that Mara just came out of nowhere, uh, took the league by storm, ended up winning and going on to win the title. Uh, it's, it's really kind of fascinating. Uh, number eight, top 10 versus Patriots won. Again, one of the more iconic matches. Is uh, Every match of Spectacular 1 is just really great. Um, this is the first match of Video 2. Patriots really 
not very tested coming into this match. They had won two matches, one versus the joke team of Mega Powers and then Heroes. Um, top 10 had just been Schmoes, like KO'd Schmoes, actually. And again, watching this match back, there were so many moments that if you'd just gone a little bit differently, history would be changed. There's a uh, there's a uh, question in round two in Matthew McConaughey, top 10 have, that is, what movie does Matthew star in based off a John Grisham novel? And they just instantly go Lincoln Lawyer, which, I mean, makes sense. You know, John Grisham, lawyers, they don't even think about it. They say it, and then Snyder, in his Snyder fashion, just immediately says a time to kill. And they just look at each other, top 10, they're like, what the fuck did we just do? And it's it's kind of fascinating to look back on. Uh, <laughs> obviously, this uh, gave us Toonland from our Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the, the iconic town Toonland. Uh, again, just there's a, also a, in round three, Patriots spin opponent's choice in uh, top 10 go romance, which they could have sort of like basically brought the hammer down and okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Stop. That's pretty much, he's going to start cutting people off soon, but go ahead. Continue. You guys are, you guys are taking 10, nine, eight and taking it for a step. You're going to set it up. All right. Well, you're then. setting up the entire match. Yeah. It's contact <laughs> for people who don't mean to know. Okay, go ahead. Top 10 answer Robert Duvall and they win. Yeah. Drop the phone. <laughs> a 30 minute Schmodown match is getting longer descriptions than two hour movies. I get you. I get you. I understand. I like the con I liked what you were doing, but you're annoying Coho. He told me. So okay, we're gonna go to your 10. I'm just saying everybody gets more time to talk in your seventh or eight. <laughs> 10 through 4, 10 through 8 supposed to be honorable mentions, not even a close. Uh, Scully and Michael. Um, okay, <laughs> give us your, what your 10 is. What is your 10 again? It was 7 years ago. Um, <laughs> I don't remember, Coho, I need 10. Action versus Nerds Watch. Yes, thank you. Uh, the, the the nice guy act was fantastic and then them flipping out at the end of it like, where's the belts? And like walks off like that was one of the best moments. Uh, back and forth I, I do... Um, um, I do enjoy the match. Um, 10's fine. Okay, you need to calm down, cool guy. Okay, and then the next one is... Uh, Marvel. Mar yeah, the hate, the arms kind of ruined this one a little bit for me because I'm like, damn. Like, I was on call during a reaction with Robert, and the question was asked, and Robert goes, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no. I was like, you don't know this? You need to know this. And he's like, no clue. It was one of those questions that it does not retain. It's not there. It's really hard. So it, it sucks. But yeah, the match is overall was good. I don't I don't have any problems. And this next match is sucks. I hate this match because I wanted top ten to win to like continue on more than this. I hated the Patriots at the time. I couldn't stand Jeff Snyder. I could I still at times can't stand Jeff Snyder. Um so it drove me nuts when they won, but it, it again when he grabbed that mic, I was watching it and he's like, huh, and I was like, fuck you, Snyder. Like this is I I took it very serious back then. So eight, fine, but I really hate that. Um and then Robert Duvall, yeah, the classic moment that I was I had two options and I just said it. We're champions now. Blow like you kiss my ass. I still hate Snyder. Um all right, so here we go. Now the gloves are off. Everybody gets the time to talk. I'm really terrified now, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Jake, you're not off the hook either. You talked a little bit more too. So, okay. 
So um, the shut up rule is fully in effect. Do not get offended. Guess what? We can watch a bonus seat after this on what you guys want to say. Anyways, um, so we're going to go to Scully first. Start with your seven. Okay. Maybe not so my- set up round one, two, and three. Give us a quick synopsis of it, and then we'll go. Okay, so my number seven is Action versus Top 10-2 at the Spectacular. Ooh, the infamous tackle. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for this match, I love this match simply because of the revenge factor. I was not a big team action. I, 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 I was never a huge team action guy, and I love seeing Top 10 come back and just obliterate them in this second match. Um, I, 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 I was, uh, again, I was a huge Top 10 fan around that time. And I love seeing top 10 just come right out of the gate and just storm, like, like knock the doors off of team action and just show them really who, who was boss, who was still the top dogs in the league, sort of taking them down a peg. I love that from, from the storyline aspect. Um, and it was nice seeing Roka and Nost perform so well again a- after they had lackluster performances in the first action match. So um, that makes my list just off the pure revenge and dominance factor. Wait, you're mute. I, I can't hear you, Kobe. Okay. Uh, Cody. Yeah. Kobe, hey. Um, <laughs> better, than, better than LeBron, am I right? Okay, well, that's for somebody else to call. Uh, this, I hate this match. I honestly do. I love top 10. Like, I love top 10. Like, I wanted them to win so bad. But I always hate when we get to a spectacular and it ends in such, like, dominant fashion. Like, I am a, I am a, I love the showdown and I wanted to go to the last question almost every time. Like I wanted that suspense. They were in the driver's seat from mo- from the get go. They, they just whooped them. And I hated uh, top 10 versus action when the guy from American Ninja warrior was on the call and they got a movie released. Oh, was, I hated that. Match. Just, yeah. for the, just for the simple fact, like he kept talking. So like, oh, blah, blah, blah. like, you haven't seen any of this right now. You don't know what we're invested in. He didn't care. And, like, Roka's over there just pissed because he's losing. And then this set up this one, and, yes, the tackle happened and all that stuff. But as a match, I don't like knockouts as much as I like close matches, unless it's with, like, my clients winning by knockout. I love those matches more. But, um, uh, yeah, so everybody else, uh, you didn't have this one on there. He had it for the dominance factor. You guys didn't have it on there. Uh, why not? Just real quick. Okay. Kind of, well, I'll go first. Kind of like what you said, Co- Cody. It's uh, pretty much just it's remembered for a moment after the match. The match itself it was so much build, and it just had such an anticlimactic finish. It just kind of ended in a complete dud. So, yeah, pretty much everything you said, Cody. Yeah, and I sort of didn't like that. It was set up in a weird way of just top ten demanding the rematch, and because it was it was technically a number one contender match for action, and it was a breakup match for top ten. It's like they could have worked up to that, and top ten. I mean, action were just clearly tired and like worn out from the whole tournament, and so yeah, it's, it's yeah, I, not a big fan. Just uh, I hated the setup, and I wish it wasn't that spectacular. Like what Michael said. One, one team, it's a number one contenders match. One team, it's to get into a number one contenders match. And I just didn't feel like the stakes were really that set or even just built up. Like, I just, I, also, I agree with the comments. Uh, top 10 team action, first time is a better match. Fair, fair. Okay, you're number six, Scully. Um, so my number six uh, is a classic match. This might get a yikes. It's uh, Merle Roca 
in 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 the title match. Yikes! Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number five is the Star Wars match: Sam Witwer versus Ken Knapsack at the Spectacular. Oh, no one else except you. Okay, so go ahead. All right. So, yeah, the, uh, the, this was really the first Iron Man match we saw in the Showdown, and I really loved the concept of just two competitors answering questions. Just until the the buzzer ran out, I thought that was a great concept, especially in a division like Star Wars, where it was just based off of pure knowledge. Um, again, you had the storyline of Ken Knapsack coming in. He had just made the, one of the biggest heel turns in Schmodown history. Um, then you had Sam Witwer coming in as this dominant sort of, like sort of face-ish figure who, if not for one miss in the Chicago match earlier in that year, he would have probably won that match. Um, but this match was just so great back and forth. The comeback by Ken in the speed round was fantastic. It made the match that, that much more exciting to me. Um, and then the very ending, Ken almost made that comeback, but, but Whitmer was able to uh, string it out and, 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 and take it. And I was on the edge of my seat throughout those entire last two minutes. It's just a phenomenal match in general. Okay. So I think this is kind of what this happened when I changed from best to favorite. Um, I saw this a lot on a lot of people's lists and they didn't make the show. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I think it's the, one of the best matches to ever be in the showdown. Is it my favorite? Not by a mile. Uh, the only reason is I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan in the way most people are Star Wars fans. I don't know what color light, uh, like underwear Luke Skywalker wears on Hawk. Like what you have to know, yes. Yeah. I like oh, a Geonosis. Geonosis yeah. is always my guess, and it's on. It's in one Star Wars movie, and that's all I guess. Um, so I'm not. I'm not. I don't have that ability. And so I like it when the showdown. Like when I, when I can guess something. Like I was like, oh, I know that answer. The entire time I'm sitting there just watching points go up. Like okay, like awesome. So it was back and forth, and then like the timer ends and. You know that you know Ken knows the answer, but Ken doesn't buzz in because he sees the time, and Sam doesn't care about the time. He just answers, and it ends up playing out the way it does. Again, great match overall. I still don't like it because now we've never seen Sam back in it, never defend the title. And I think the actually, I think the division is very silly to still be around. So it kind of it kind of drives me a little batty. Um, but I agree. Best match? Yes. Favorite? I can't put it there anymore. Um, anybody else on this one? Because I think some of you guys had this on your your best list. Yeah, yeah. Objective, objectively, a great match, just not one personal doesn't really hit for me because I wasn't really like on a journey with those in that di uh, specific division. So, yeah. Yeah, same thing here. I mean, like Cody said, if it's a best match, I think everybody and their dog has this match in the top ten. Me personally, I mean, I know as much about Star Wars as I know about movies. And if you see my reactions, I, you can vouch for that. Um, so watching a match where people just get everything right just makes me sad instead of being excited. So, yeah, it just. <laughs> okay, that's a, a valid reason. Um, but, um, no, nah, I mean, if I was a big, big Star Wars guy, I probably would love this match. I'm just not really that big into it. That's why I like the uh, Patriots. About the Lion Iron Man match more, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fine. I also don't like the how it ended, but yeah, that's another story. Fair, fair. Okay, give us your four. Uh, my number four, uh, it's, a, it's a more recent one. It's Corruption versus versus Shire Wolves at the Throwdown. Okay. Um, 
I mean, there's really, I mean, the storylines coming into this match were huge. I mean, just starting with the fact that this was going to be the Shire Wolves' last match, and this was going to be their last hurrah uh, ever um, in the Schmodown. Uh, and, 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 we, and we were getting Mike versus Rachel again in the Schmodown setting. That was also a great uh, underlying uh, storyline factor. But, the, but at the end of the day, I love this match because they're just two fantastic teams playing for like passionately playing the sport that they love to play. This match was back and forth throughout the get-go. Um, you see sort of corruption around three, four, five, just slowly, slowly, very slowly edge ahead. And then corruption, like I'm a big sports guy. I, I, I love seeing close matches, but I also kind of like seeing teams sort of kind of, kind of almost blow it at the end and corruption almost blew it at the end. They, they, they missed some round five questions. But they were able to land their. Um, they were able to land enough. Charwolves just just missed that five, and then Corruption took the belts. And I always like seeing Mike Kalinowski uh, take a belt for himself, and I love seeing Chance uh, take a belt uh, too. Um, and then of course the tribute to the Charwolves. I mean that touched us all. And this is again, it's one of my favorites. That's fair. Um, Chance's classic uh, singing in the rain uh, uh, challenge. Challenge, you didn't say this, and then Clark goes, they said co. They said, oh, or something like that, and you're like, oh. And it was just like the defeated feeling. That's one of the highlights. I love Chance, but that was one of my favorites. Um, Mike winning the belt, sorry, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big KO fan. Um, he's a great character, but um, he will always be white bread to me. Um, and Smets uh, uh, is going to destroy him on Saturday, so I hope he, uh, hope somebody can relay that to him soon. Uh, I told him that in our previous uh, Full Metal Geek call, too. Um, I don't want him to win a belt. I don't want Chance to win a belt. He came from us, but I don't want him to have a belt either because he wears, he likes to wear uh, his little leather jacket, too, and look all tough and things. I don't want you either. Um, yeah, your gloves. Right, Jason, some gloves. Like, um, <laughs> He, he's about as strong as his Wi-Fi is, so I don't I don't trust that either. Um, so and I don't like it either because going into the match, I kind of had to pull for corruption because I didn't want the belts to go vacated. Like I, they were gonna like just vanish off into the distance, and that kind of just left me. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be a tribute episode, and that's awesome because I like the Shirewolves as a team. But then again, I don't want the belts vacated going into the tournament. So, um, so yeah. Uh, uh, what do you guys think about corruption for Shirewolves? I don't want to be first. So. Yeah, I mean, going into it, I knew about the tribute video because obviously I was asked to take part in it. So I kind of had a feeling that that was coming. So I was already kind of emotionally invested to it in, from that point. And obviously, big Shirewolves fan as I am, I was, it was, I was crushed when it, they didn't pull it out. It would have been nice to see them win, but obviously, you know, it just not how it turned out. Um, it was obviously not one of Clark's best games. I mean, she would say that definitely didn't uh, have the performance she would have liked. But ultimately, it, it led to, you know, corruption winning. They had a great match with the Founding Fathers at another live event. So ultimately, the match was great. It kind of soured on me just because of who won, but that, that's I can't really complain about the match overall. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. I, I, like, I like this match. It's uh, it was really cool to see Chance win, uh, get the five planer. Um, yeah, and but it's just not one of my favorites. So yeah. 
yeah, that's that's. I mean, I love this match, but just like it's just not a favorite. It's it's hard because I hate how round five with the Stanley Doonan and even the the Raj incident, Raj, Raj incident. Yeah, and just the fact that it feels like Corruption really just won because of the luck, like with round two and how that kind of got in their favor. And although they did well in round two, in, in round one, I really love seeing Mike and Chance win the belt, especially for Chance. And even Mike just being the third double belted champion, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, just uh, not a, yeah. Um, uh, JTH, give us your seven. All right, my number seven was the uh, the first match that premiered at the uh, the live event in Brooklyn this year. Uh, Ethan Irwin versus Dan Murrow for the singles title. Yikes! I have it at the same spot. So. Oh, well, I have it higher, so yikes. Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. So you want me to get into it? No, we'll no. wait. Um, okay. All right. Uh, my number six. Uh, we were just talking about the Shire Wolves. Uh, my number six is their team title match against Who's the Boss? Mm. Okay. All right, so uh, yeah, this this kind of had a lot of different storylines going in. Obviously, a lot of people, the, all the drama about how the Shirewolves won, and people didn't think that they were deserving champions, which I thought was complete BS. And then, of course, you had who's the boss coming in? You know, prodigy of this Anarchy tournament. You know, kind of a a pairing from hell with with Riley and Bateman, and then you got Tom managing him. It just it seemed like a complete disaster from the get go. And when they actually won, made it shocking. And then you had the whole thing with, with Riley and Clark playing each other and how, how badly Riley wanted to win a belt. And then the match plays out, and the Shire Wolves then prove how good they actually are. It complete, you know, just absolutely phenomenal performance from Rachel and Clark in this match and win it by the skin of their teeth and I think turned a lot of heads and, and proved a lot of doubters wrong. Uh this match definitely stole uh, spectacular um, last year. It, it's I I've always team the teams division is my favorite division in uh, Schmodown. It's my favorite division in fan leagues. Um, I feel like it's one it's more questions, but two you have to you have to actually rely on somebody else and take the you know each person has to rely on that. Um, uh, and this match. I wanted who's the boss to actually win um, because I just liked how they ran through the, you know, the tournament. I think the Shire Wolves were a deserving champion. They may have not had the, the hardest road to get the belts, but that didn't matter. It was, they played the people that they were told to play and they won. Um, but it definitely came down. And I mean, again, the table happened at the end of it, which I thought still to this day is pretty dumb. Um, I get the setup for the feud, but like, it's the tackle was a little silly in my books, but uh, I do I, I do love this match. I think it's a, I think it's it clearly was the best match. Uh, round two where they both went perfect in both strike like categories that you're like okay like wow they just ran it and just they were at the top of peak performance in that match. So it's a great I think it's best match. I don't think like I like matches that lead to like with some storyline attached to it, and this was just like a tournament winner facing the. And there were just two nice teams, really, at that time. Riley and Bateman were not real heels, like super heels at the time. And Clark and Rachel have never said anything really bad about anybody. So it's like it was nice versus nice almost. And Dagnino was just there. So, yeah, it was a good match. I just don't know if it's, you know, would be, like, best. Um, what are you guys thinking about Shire Wolves versus Who's the Boss? 
Uh, I'll go. Uh, yeah, this is like one of the more frustrating matches to watch just because I, I really hate when seeing like a team or player have multiple chances to win and they just squander it every time. And who's the boss had a lot of chances to uh, like get over the hump and win the belt. And it's really frustrating to watch. Um, and also the thing that I also really love this match, but the thing that stopped it from being top 10 is I really wish the five-pointer for the Shire, I really wish they, they would have won on a tougher five-pointer. Like, I know it's all subjective, but their five-pointer was, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner starring what 2009 film. Like, that's that's been – that was actually asked. Uh, it was actually asked what his job – what McConaughey's job was in top 10 versus Patriots 1. Like, so there's been a plot question about it in round two, and the five-pointer was just asking for the movie. So it just – it just really frustrates me. So if, if they had won like on a tougher five-pointer, I think it might have been up there. But I know that's sort of you know subjective and might be controversial. But, yeah, that's sort of just what stops it from being a favorite favorite. Yeah, um, I agree. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I had this on my top ten best Ashmore yeah. uh, matches. I think objectively this is one of the best team matches. Uh, personally, I'm not a biggest. I'm not the biggest Shavas fan. I, I was kind of rooting for Who's the Boss. They were really dominant in the team tournament, and I don't want to say they didn't deserve the belt, but they would. It, it feels weird. It feels like it was really rushed, especially with Sam vacating both belts. It was like we have to get like a new team champion. I'm keeping it low, but I, I, yeah, I kind of agree with Michael. I mean, uh, Who's the Boss's five point? It was Project Treadstone in the Bourne films. There's something a plot specific detail that. You know, it would have been nice to see Shadowwolf get a similar. And I also hate the fact that Who's the Boss missed a disaster artist in the speedrun, and then speedrun was almost non-existent except for Cushing. And also the heck that missed from Goku in the better round really just... Why did they get three? Yeah, it's just... It's just yeah. I mean, Bateman said he watched all the Pixar films and even missed the uh, Ratatouille release day against uh, Janine. So that was just so stupid, and I really hate that. But yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good match, but not the outcome that I was hoping for. Yeah, missed opportunities kind of irritate me in matches. Um, I, this match probably, like, if I had an extended list, it was it'd probably be like number eleven or number twelve. I I love this match. I do think the finish was a little anticlimactic on that five pointer, the McConaughey uh, five pointer. But what I love about this match the most is I that's when I really gain a lot of respect for Ben Bateman. Seeing like the passion and the work he put into get, get getting to that point and the emotion that poured out of him post match, I just fell in love with both him and the, and sort and, and and like and the the player that he was at that time. So that's probably the match that I really started to truly respect Ben Bateman for the hard competitor he is. All right, give us your five, JTH. All right, I know I'll be talking about this one because I know damn sure that no one's going to have this one. Um, it's another team title match. It is the uh, the Patriots versus Modoc. <laughs> this is a good one, though. Yep. All right, so, uh, yeah, basically, um, as I was talking about with uh, Above the Line and uh, Team Action, kind of complete polar opposite teams. It's the ultimate good guy team, ultimate bad guy team. And the thing about the Patriots at the time, this is when they really started hyping up you know, their, their title run, their undefeated streak. So no matter who was playing the Patriots, some, there was always a group of fans that was always going to take the other side. Everybody, there was a lot of people rooting for Team MODOK, especially when they were kind of the, the ultimate underdog. Nobody thought they had a chance. The Patriots were, were burying them every single chance they could. It was kind of it kind of had a feel of the, uh, the first Rocky Apollo Creed match. It's like one side, nope, that person doesn't have a chance in hell. 
against the ultimate, you know, champion, can't be touched, can't be defeated. And then the match plays out, and it's even back and forth. Modoc is right there. They're, they're not backing down. And it's just the Patriots, they just could never put them away. And then they get to the speed round. And then, of course, there's the, the infamous flub that actually, you know, trying to stay in character with Boris. And, and he fucked up the, uh, the, the speed round question. But even, even with that, um, they, they stood pat. Um, the match went to sudden death. And the Patriots, by the skin of their teeth, won on a dumb and dumber question, which is kind of, uh, kind of ironic in a way. But uh, it, yeah, it was kind of that uh, whole ultimate underdog gets that close. They almost pulled off the unthinkable win, but in the end, the, the better team ultimately did prevail, come hell or high water. Um, yeah, this match <laughs> favorite. That's this is kind of where I wanted like some of these to come up like favorite. This match was great with like the, his back and forth of character. It even made Harloff go, stop saying my answer was blah, blah, blah. Just say the answer. That would be. Would be that would time. mean stop. You know, stop and say that. Just In say the answer. And they're like, you see Snyder and JTH getting so frustrated throughout the match. So like, He's getting way more time. He's getting way more time with the thing, um, and uh, so the back and forth is really great with it. Um, uh, yeah, it's a fun match. They just squandered it, and I wish they they could. They actually could have pulled it off. Um, then um, I just love the board. I always love a sudden death where like sudden death. They used to do the don't don't sudden death sure. like, <laughs> and then then to everybody just sit there and go. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Dumb and dumber, boom, yeah. over. Like it just ended with that giant declaration. So it's great. And, but it and, was and Jeff dropping the bomb. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's it's funny. Um, so uh, I give the credit for this one to be on your list. That's a fun match to talk to. Though. That we still don't, that not many people bring up. So well done. Anybody on Patriots versus Murdoch? Uh, I like the match. I just uh, Murdoch or slash Rotten Tomatoes are just. Uh, I actually like two matches better than this one but this is a great match i just wasn't personally like fully invested in it uh beyond just the patriots continuing their winning streak so yeah yeah on paper this should have been like a tko but uh Murdoch really impressed himself especially in round two of the sports category um i love the um boris natasha characters they were playing i, I just absolutely found that to be hilarious and the whole steve mcqueen coast coaster in the towering inferno thing was just always cracks me up and uh yeah it went to sudden death so i, I think not a lot of team and not a lot of people expected that to happen really fun. also the one that cracked me up is when uh jt thought uh the lone ranger's horse was a uh, toto, toto. <laughs> in yeah this, metal, silver. Also, and i'm oh no that's, that's a different match Don't yeah me. and this match look the, like Credit to Modoc for being in this match longer than they should have, but this match just irritated the hell out of me because of the Boris and Natasha characters. Because that's an example of a character coming in the way of actual performance, and I absolutely hate that. Like, like in that speed round, if if he if Ashley doesn't squander that, we could have had a new champion, and I would have loved to see Modoc as champion because I, I I really liked um, uh, Modoc as a team. I I would have liked him to see greater success in the uh, uh, Teams League, but uh, I cannot watch that match without getting this, the, the biggest cringe while, go, while going through through that speed round. That's just brutal. Brian Michaels, is that you? You don't like character or fun? What a shocker. Okay. No, it's um, not that I don't like character very, very, or fun. You, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, 
Um, oh, it's all right. You and Brian can be a team. That's what it coming to 2020. Scully and Brian, um, old at heart. Uh, get it trendy. Uh, JTH, uh, four. Uh, what is it? Uh, number four. It's probably a match that a lot of people uh, got their introduction to Schmodown. It's obviously it's Scott Mance, uh, John Roca won the infamous Best Ben Flub. Listen here, you salt and pepper cocaine donkey. <laughs> oh my god, now I can't do it. God darn you, Cody. I was not letting anybody steal that. That is still my favorite burn line of all time. Especially when they replayed it. Salt and pepper cocaine doggy salt and pepper cocaine donkey. <laughs> you can talk about it now. But you took my entire line, now I got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but the, the one I mean, it was on paper not the best match. Obviously, they were both just getting into showdown, so obviously they kind of had the butterflies. Now they're one of them played by far their best match, but it's just, it's just all the little things like when John Roca spun Polly Shore in round two, and he's like, "Oh fuck that," and spun it again as quickly as the wheel stopped. And, and then when when Mance gets his five pointer, he gets Blade Runner, which John Roca of course gets pissed off because he's like, "This is his favorite fucking movie." And, of course, it gets the five-pointer, and then, of course, you have the Bespin flub. And to the point where Mance literally thought John threw the match just yeah. to give Scott the victory. It's just – it was it was perfect storyline, storybook ending that you couldn't you couldn't script. Uh, yeah, this match got me into the showdown. So I watched it on the Schmoes No Show, and then all of a sudden, to, for this to be the like the match that when I saw the match, like do a promo and stuff like that, like leading up to, it, I was like, "Oh wow, is this really happening?" And then that famous, oh, oh gosh, it just shows that Roka just had no filter back then. Like he was sitting on the top ten set, and just screamed it at him, like, "Listen here, I'm coming for you. You ain't got a shot." Like, and then Mance runs in with his pet sweats, like, "I want you. I want you." It was so stupid and so built up, but I absolutely love that match. I've watched this match more times than I can like, and it sucks because I am a huge Roka fan. But like, it's so how, it's how so. Could you? you literally see him, and then you see the classic Roka. Like, I want him to finally admit to it, but like, maybe. Maybe I did throw it. Maybe I did throw it. Harlock goes, he didn't fucking throw it. He didn't know it. He failed on it. Like it was one of the great moments. Uh, yeah, this got me. This got me like, like super fan of the Schmodown. Like this literally launched it and made me a nonstop fan. So yeah, great, great to be on your list. Uh, not best match, but favorite, a hundred percent. Anybody else on Scott Mance Roca? I really good match, and I can't. I'm not gonna disagree with this being on JTH's list or anyone else's list. It's uh, yeah, I just never been. I especially wasn't like hugely into Roku and the Mets uh, storyline at this point. So yeah, it just didn't really hit that for me. Yeah, I mean, look, I love this match. The Salt and Pepper Cocaine Donkey is probably the greatest Schmodown comment of all time. Uh, the Bestman moments. Uh, I thought it was poetic justice because, like, Roka was such a big Star Wars fan, and to lose on a Star Wars question, I was like, oh, my God. The, like, this is brutal. Um, but I, I do like this match. This wasn't my introduction to the Shimoda, so I can't say it, it was my favorite. Um, it, I, I, I would say it would, it, it's an honorable mention. It's a good match, um, but, again, not my favorites. 
Yeah, this is also one of my introductions into the Trinidad. Um I was a big Mans fan back in 2016, and that was also when Roka was like at his peak, at least in my heart. Here. 2016 Roka is the best Roka, but no, yeah, this is a nice match, but uh, just yet, yeah, don't not not one that I would say I'm a fan of. All right, we're going to go to Jake. Give us your uh, seven. seven? Uh, so my seven is uh, Patriots versus Above the Line 2. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Is that – that's – okay, never mind. I'm that trying is, to put them on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the – no, that's the – No. That's the first one. This is it, where they – Italian job. This is the Italian job. Italian job. Okay, we're good. Sorry. And then number six, possibly the greatest upset of all time, JT versus Cody Miller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so glad to talk about this one. So this is one of the craziest matches ever in the Schmodown, I would, I would say. So you have Cody Miller, you know, an American hero, Olympian gold medalist, he comes on the Shmozno and he's and Harloff sets a match with him against JT. And Cody Miller's a big fan of the Shmodown, so this is a test to see how well he knows that our movies. And JT, you know, he loses to Makuga, he loses to Riley again, he loses to Ellis, and he just, he, you know, as JT put, he's stepping into his dojo, which I always found to be hilarious. And there's a bunch of talk on Twitter and the Shmozno um, show, and it was just all setting it up. And, uh, JTE was, they both sucked in this match. Um, but JTE just had the slight lead. He just did better in round one and two. Cody scores one point, I think, in round one and then gets one on multiple or two on multiple in round two. JTE currently right now is on nine points and Cody is on three points going into round three. And Cody gets his one, his three, and his five. Five, Christopher Lloyd, from who, who, who framed Roger Rabbit, Gets the lead, and then JT in classic JT misses his one, his three, and five. For Cody Miller to win, everybody comes out and lifts Cody Miller. <laughs> oh, that damn Reggie couldn't help out uh, JT in that match, which is a pretty tough five point, especially compared to uh, Cody's. But it's just it's great to see Cody win, and then JT in the post match interviews all like, you know, you got to let the American hero win. You know, in order to win, you need to know how to lose, and I definitely know how to win. So, <laughs> some of the best uh, pre smack dog in the uh, in any match, and I uh, just yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's the best upset of all time, and uh, Cody Miller is has beaten JT in singles, unlike Drew McQueenie, which is somehow a miracle. I hate this match. I hate this match. I hate this match. I hate this match. This is a gimmick from day one. I couldn't stand it. I I, I hated it for JTH. Um, I hate it. It's just, it's just, no, I'm not a fan of this. I understand why I can be I don't know, like great moment maybe, but like favorite match, absolutely not. This match is atrocious from the start <laughs> of it. It actually shows how bad. Like JT is such a good player, and he played so so poorly. So yeah, not a fan. Um, sorry. Uh, anybody else on this one? Yeah, this like this match. Aside from Cody Miller being carried off the set by like Mance, Roca, and Makuga, like Riley, uh, and, and yeah, Riley, like. There's nothing about this match is memorable except for him being carried off. The the, qual- the 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 quality of this match was not great. 
that that one moment is fantastic, but the rest of this match is just not great at all. Uh, and for me, this is probably like in the 11 to 15 range. So I really love this match and I'm glad it was on somebody's list. I just, I was just like sort of left it off because I feel like there could be a whole nother episode about like a favorite meme matches or some, something like that. And this <laughs> like number one or so. so yeah, I just left it off because like Cody didn't play that well. So that's the only reason I left it off. Must be an Aussie thing. Okay. Um, what uh, about you, JTH? Um, it's crazy going back and seeing Ken with long hair. Um, that's it. Fair. Uh, give us your five, Jake. Uh, that was brief. Um, number five is, uh, this is personal, just personal, why I love it. Uh, John Roker versus Sam Levine. Not uh, Sam Slavine, in case uh, you were confusing. Um, yeah, so this is round two in the Ultimate Showdown 2017 tournament. Um, I'm a big Sam Levine fan, and watching how Above Line did. Like, really? Yeah. I, I guess you didn't know, because um, I love about the line. Um, but seeing how what they did in the team tournament and just them going to the finals uh, is just absolutely ecstatic to me, and that made me fall in love with Sam Levine. And then to him to perform an upset on uh, Viviani to, to play Broker. And this is one of those secret rivalries that wasn't really addressed, but because of their just hatred towards each other for whatever reason, whether it be scripted or not, it's just absolutely hilarious from Broker always shouting the answers and how do you not know that when he's when he's not in a match Sammy boy <laughs> Sammy boy and then him playing the free for all win where he, Sam says fuck you John Hoka I use that as my ringtone I wake up to it every morning absolutely hilarious and they both played well um Sam didn't do that great in round one though um four times four to six after round one and then round two Opponent's choice, unfortunate in Roka's situation, he gets coming back. He does really well, but then we get the uh, the Lena Headley or Lena Heady uh, controversy, which I think was the right calling. It's Heady or even Heady, even though it was pronounced wrong. It's still said it's it's said as if it would be, you know, it, uh, phonetically pronounced right. He just added an extra L, and you know, as Sam said, it's not his name's not Sam. Le his same Sam Levine, not Sam Slavine. So. Let us make a difference. And then round three, you know, Gerard Depardieu helped Sam out, and then Josh Schumacher didn't help Broker out. And uh, the right outcome, I think, was given to Sam to win the match. And uh, he doesn't watch animated movies because he does not have children. Um, classic is, who would you like to play between Riley and Roka? I'd like to play Riley because he's a good person. I'm a like decent that. man. Yeah, decent man. Uh, uh, I, I I wanted that rivalry to go a little bit more than what it did, but yeah, that was a that was a. I always I always liked Sam at the desk because when Sam like had like knew something was wrong and like somebody was like questioning it, like he'd have the reaction like ah, that ain't right. Like he's he's the quick to throw something. So I actually like this match. Um, I wasn't the biggest Sam Levine fan. Um, going back to watching the matches now, like in hindsight, I don't give him enough credit. Um, uh, from an infamous uh, uh, Rankum episode last year where I didn't include Sam Levine very high on the list because uh, he stepped away. He took his ball and went home, and I well, did not have It's 12. Huh? I think didn't he get twelve on the ranking list? Yeah, he should have been not on the list at all because you fight, you fight Merle. You don't run from Merle. 
world. That's literally well, what he's doing. If on the list, then uh, he would have at least been the top three, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, but you missed him by a wheel. I'm just saying, you don't take your ball and go home, Levine. You play, you play Dan Merle. The reason why you retired because Dan was going to beat you. That was the literal facts. Um, so, yeah, anybody else on John Roca, Sam Levine? The only uh, reason he retired. Yeah, th- this is a good match. I, I, I think the thing that the, the most memorable part of this match is like the 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 pre match talk with like the fuck you John Roca with all with all, with all that stuff going on. Um, I agree that's a storyline that I think should have been pushed more. Maybe if Roca was a little more um, successful when during during Sam's run, that that might have been pushed more. Um, but I I, I I I honestly forgot about this match a little bit. Um, it, it's not really memorable to me, um, just because it was just in the middle of Sam's bulldozing path to the title. Um, I personally enjoy Sam's match against uh, Rachel Cushing a bit more, his match against JTE a bit more. Um, but yeah, this is still a, a fine match. Uh, yeah, I really love this match too. I I love the Roka Levine rivalry. You know, I was going to write John Roka, but then I realized he never done anything. Uh, um, yeah, this is a really great match. Like the Lena Heedy thing, literally like changed Schmodown history. Like if that doesn't happen, and he says Heedy. I think technically Roku does win the match, just the way the points worked out. So, yeah. like that, that's so that's so massive in hindsight. Thinking of that that point, um, yeah, great match. I'm not surprised Jake had it on the list, and I don't regret him for having it on the list. Just yeah, great match. Yeah, I remember liking the match when I reacted to it. Um, I have to admit, though, I actually don't remember much about the match until you brought it up. So I didn't even remember the whole uh, Hitty, Heidi, what, whatever. I do remember the FU John Roca buildup, though. I definitely remember that part. But, uh, yeah, I guess I need to go back and rewatch it again because, like I said, I really don't remember a whole lot about it, which is, I guess is one of the reasons why I didn't make my list. Um, multiplex Entertainment, which I'm pretty sure is Caleb Coho, just said, yeah, I stand by it, Smets over Levine. And yikes! Uh, that's funny, though. Um, I had to convince him not to put him as top three after he was 3-0. and um, Okay, so... Um, Alright, so we're on to your next one, Jake, right? Or was that your four? Yeah, that's great logic, Jake. Uh-huh. Um, so number four is... Um, this is a this is a fave. Uh, Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel Cushing. Three. Shocker. Yikes. Shocker. And I, <laughs> yes. Yikes. Yes. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. So right. this is this is Mike winning the belt, right? This yeah. is him at San Diego Comic Con winning the belt. Reclaiming yes, the sir. Belt. You guys are stupid, but we'll continue on. Um, yeah, we know. Well, Kho winning the belt gotta be on the list. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Shut up, Wonder Bread. Okay, uh, Michael, <laughs> give us your seven. Yeah, I think this is still a yikes. It's uh, Dan Merrill, Ethan Owen, two. Yikes. Has, yeah. Um, uh, number six is Oyama versus Ellison. That was that was on JTH's list, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yes. we'll go Michael, and then we'll go JTH, and then I'll talk, and the rest will. Yeah, so obviously, like, two people that we know very well who uh, we've competed either with or against um, – Cody has in the same match competed with one of these players and against and actually beat one of these players. So where the fuck is Cody in this right now? I mean, come on. You know, like I uh, know this is obviously I I really wish this match had taken place at collision. I it sort of bums me out that it was the match before collision. But other than that, it's a really great match. Uh chance gets another perfect round. 
suck it on it, suck it, Oyama. Obviously, you know, iconic, iconic quote from Chance there. Um, I think JTH is actually the Patreon question, which is funnily enough. Right. Uh, yeah, so this is just like two legends of the fan leagues meeting up. They never actually face in singles in the fan leagues, so they do it here. Uh, really great match. Paul runs through new releases, misses his three-pointer, gets his five. Uh, Chance misses his five, and it's two, or if Chance gets it, then he might be the champion today. You never know, because I think he would have beaten Liz. So, yeah, just a really great match between two people we know very well, and it was sort of surreal. And I actually watched this match with Jake, so... Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird to see them actually finally face off against each other. And it's, it's just a fantastic match. It goes down to the last question. So, yeah. Uh, JTH, um, you have this, so go ahead. Yeah, I really like this match a whole lot. I guess the only reason why it wasn't a little bit higher is just because the fact that uh, Chance's five-pointer, he didn't even have a guess, which I think, you know, just throw an answer out, you always have a chance of being right. But, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, two fans, two players that we've come to know around the community. And the thing about me is obviously I knew quite a bit about their, their history against each other in the fan leagues, but I didn't know everything. So seeing that, uh, that opening promo, which in my opinion is the, uh, the promo that kind of put Neurochronic on the map when it came to the, uh, the promo making of Schmodown, uh, really opened my eyes about everything that had actually happened with, with Paul and, uh, and chance. And then when they actually started playing each other, it just, back and forth. I think they only missed like three questions a piece. I mean, it was just everything that you expected from both of these guys and it just kind of just Schmodown perfection. You had exactly everything you want in a Schmodown match. Yeah. Um, this is, this isn't a long list of Harloff hating uh, Chance Ellison. I will stand by that in singles. Um, literally gives him the hardest people to play. And he also singles had champions. Play. Um, um, but I knew what my team partner had the entire time that I knew that Oyama was going to win this. Um, yeah. Why is Zipper his partner? Listen, I could have done like, you could have brought me, I'm in the States. Michael Campbell's in Australia. You know, you, know you play two level in a part 13, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, no, but this match is fantastic because, uh, me and Paul disagree on a lot of things, but we always like have like some respect back and forth. Like, do you know, I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me. Me and Chance is getting downright arguments at times and there's no like clear way. So I had one person in mind and it's Oyama. Uh, the, the, <laughs> we all knew that he wa would be champion one day because we've all seen him play. So to see him on the big stage and, how how the season has been for both of them is crazy, but to see them actually square off on the stage was kind of a surreal moment for, I think, every one of us. Um, I can get why some of you guys don't put it on the list, but it still didn't matter. Uh, like This would have been on my list just because two great friends that we spend hours on calls with at times and like talking movies and getting to know them as uh, people and to see them go on the big stage and put on the performance they actually did. Um, and then Paul ends up winning this and wins the belt. Like a uh, surreal moment uh, for all of us. But yeah. Uh, and uh, since this is right before spectacular, I'm hoping Oyama does it again on uh, Saturday. I think he will, but I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Uh, so yeah. Sorry, Bateman or Bibbs. Ain't got a shot. Uh, so uh, anybody else on chance versus Oyama? Yeah, the only reason this one didn't make my list is because I I entered this community around like February March of this year, so this one didn't really hit home as much with me as 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 the others. When I watched it first live, 
I saw it as just another singles match. But going back on it now, I uh, totally 100% get why this like is is so impactful to to everyone here because it's two guys who came from here, they built up their strength from here, and they got to the Schmodown from these fan leagues. Um, this is a great match, you know. Uh, again, it just shows you how strong both these competitors are, and I think this match is probably the match that can and should validate the fan leagues the most in terms of how how strong uh, a lot of people here are. Um, you but, bitch. <laughs> but you don't use I, the validate word here. Not okay. here. Okay. Do that. Oh well, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I, I'm gonna f anyway. It's fine. Um, but you know, uh, yes, this match is great. It doesn't make my favorites uh, just slightly, but again, it's it's a really good match. Yeah. So um, this is one of my. This is eleven. Or twelve for me, honestly. Cody I, Miller and JTH, though, yeah, get on my face. I think Paul would also agree with me on that. Um, no, I. Two biggest things was one, I didn't want it to seem like I was just putting this on for nepotism or anything like that. Because I mean, for most of us, we know Chance and Paul pretty well. We've all we've we've hanged out with both these guys on Skype and all that, and lists and videos and matches so i didn't want to just be like oh man paul and chance the greatest oh that no i know these guys so well and i you know i just want to see them play and all that sort of stuff i'm i listen to all, all you guys talk about it, it kind of makes me regret not putting this because i probably would have put this on my list but it's a it's a great fucking match honestly it's a great match nine to seven after round one 15 to 13 15 to 14 going into round two after round two and then 22 to yeah, something great. like that. I can't even remember. Um, after round after round three with Paul getting the win, it's it's a great match and it's just and also the build up with the videos that they made and all that sort of stuff was really fun and on Inside Showdown it was also hilarious. Um, but yeah, I it's great. <laughs> but I just yeah I didn't want to be uh, accused of bias. But um, I guess you guys put on the list, so there's like, no bias. To, to, be, to be fair, though, isn't it biased and nepotism kind of the point of when you make a favorites list? It's, it's biased. It's just, Again, it's Cody, Miller, Cody Miller is more important than Paul. It's fine. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Uh, move on to your five. Uh, it is Dan Merrill versus John Roker, the title match. Uh, yeah. Someone had a follow right? Yeah. So, obviously. And I had that at six. Yeah, so obviously, if this was the best matches of all time, this would probably be top two. The only reason it's at five is because the person I was rooting for lost, so that's the best way it goes sometimes. Um, Dan was undefeated going to the match, five and one. He was looking unbeatable. He was just coming off a match versus Mark really missed one question. Uh, Roker had just had spectacular lost the belt, and then the very next match uh, played Riley and uh, won that one. Uh, and it was, you know, two... All opposites in terms of character and uh, like the way Roker was a full-on uh, heel. Dan wasn't really anything, even though he just technically joined the uh, the Lions Den, but that, I mean that didn't really happen. I remember that. Uh, and then the match was it. This is sort of like grind out fight, a eh? like it wasn't totally high scoring. They both missed the first question of the match, and I love that. Alice is just like, what a bunch of dopes. Yeah, that's all good, huh? Uh, they both get five in round one. They all miss the same question. They all get the same questions right. Uh, round two, Roker gets animated, which is sort of, he actually does really well, but he gives up two points steal. 
uh, Dan spins mixed bag and Roker's like, you know, well, if you're true champion, yeah, you know, yeah uh, he, also, he also does really well on that. Betting round, same thing. He, Dan bet two points and he said, Kerry Owens. And one moment that I will, I will die on a hill is that the first question of the speed round, it's what is the name of Robert Shaw's character in Jaws? So the answer is Quint. I will go to my grave saying that Dan Merrill hit the buzzer before. It was McCruger sitting there, McCruger doing his fucking thing. We all, we know he doesn't exactly have the best history of judging who hit the buzzer first. If you go back and watch the moment, you can. It's like a split second. Uh, I will die on the hill, and that changed the match. That changed the outcome. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, and then obviously round five, it's like sort of the opposite. Roker misses his one and three, gets his five. Dan gets the one and three and misses the five. And yeah, it's sort of an iconic moment with the way the moment Roker wins. And I mean, there's so much been said about this match, so it's hard to really say. Yeah, I mean, there's a card made about it. Uh, yeah, so much has already been said that it's one of the most iconic matches for a reason. Yeah, the best part of this match was John Roker's unhumanly scream uh, when his name was called <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this made my list just because I, I love watching this match because it's just a great match in general. It's two titans of it. it, it it's, a, it's a lot like why Andreco and Bibiani made my list. It's two titans of the game playing the game they love, answering questions in the, in, in the movie realm, which they both love. And once they both hit that stage, the kayfabe sort of dropped and it was mutual respect between one another. They both respect each other and 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 respected the game at, at, at the highest level it was a great match through and through uh it, it's it's a huge example of why of you know that five pointer is more valuable than that one and three pointer are because even if you even yeah e even if you hit more questions in round five than your opponents if that one question they hit is the five and you hit the one and the three they've outscored you yeah. so i i thought that was a really uh, intriguing part of that match. Um, and it was nice seeing Roka get that belt for that first time. Um, the, 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 and the, the one thing I didn't like about this match was the fact that it was, it was the whole, it was a whole setup of Dan Merle being on the lion's den, but the lion's den didn't show up. I mean, to me, I mean, to me, if, if they really want, want, wanted to sell that, that they would have had Snyder, JTE and Dagnito or Finstock all at that time, all there backing Dan Merle, but they didn't. Also, just on that little nugget, if you watch this match, they show shots of the audience, and you can see in the audience there's like Ben Bateman, Rachel Cushing before they had even played. Yeah, and because, yeah, like, and, and yes. then and then after where, where they're standing up, you can see Bateman and yeah. all the and others. It's yeah, very interesting to watch back now. Mm -hmm. um, you see the future before your eyes. Flush your face, Scully. Coming out of Thomas, this is great. Um, he he. They said another thing. Oh, this is when kayfabe stopped. Okay, Brian. Yeah, this team is coming together perfectly. Can't wait to see it next season. Warzone 2020. Get ready. Um, uh, did anybody else have this match, or was this just you two? Just on two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hate this match, <laughs> but I love this match. I think it, I think it's up there, but I hate it because Murrow lost, um, and he lost because of the overall Points like the point change you change the points around to it's a different scenario with everything playing out, which sucks. I always hated the one pointer. Um, so I mean, 
I'm with him too. Uh, I think the buzzer. I'm with uh, Michael. I think Dan definitely buzzed in first. Um, but I, it's exciting for Roca because he yelled it for so many times. Like I want the belt, and when he went to spectacular, he blew it. And you're like, damn it! Like, you know, he didn't get a shot at it. So, um, yeah. Overall, I, I like the match. I think it's a thing, but it's not one of my favorites because of the simple fact that the person I wanted to win lost. So, also, and I, I forget. Right, uh, Murrow also had one of the best uh, burns in the pre-match. Like, Denny boy, are you ready to ready to give the belt to me? And then Dan's just like, "What are you going to clean it for me and give it right back?" And he's like, oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I did love that moment. Uh, okay, uh, uh, Jake and JTH, real quick on this match, what do you guys think? Um, I oh sorry. Oh, um, there's one moment I really love in the first round, and that's the uh, Lord of the Rings. Question that they both missed, and then you have Roka saying, "What is this in the kingdom?" Always, always hilarious the way he says that. Yeah, no, this is this is a great match. Um, I just, yeah, this is one that I think at the time is one of the best matches, and I really do like this one. I'd probably have it as an honorable mention. Um, I just at the time I was a big Roka guy, and I like Dan a lot, so this is a match. Just I think the one thing is that after this match, or a couple matches after, they changed the round three format to have two points for the first question instead of one, and that changes the outcome, but you could also say, well, Rekka could have said Ice Age in round two, or there's a couple of things that could have changed the outcome, and either way, it is one of the best matches, and also, at that point, Dan was undefeated in singles, and it was just crazy to see someone beat him, especially like Rekka, who had really proven himself. So, no, this is a great match, just not one that I would... I had just other uh, matches that I have higher for me, personally. Yeah, for me, it was kind of what uh, Cody hinted at. Um, this match is is fun to watch, yet hurts me at the same time, because at the time, these were my two favorite showdown personalities. So at the same time, you're going to be happy that somebody finally won, yet you're going to be devastated that the other side lost. So for, for me, it, it was it's hard for me to say it's a favorite when, yeah, one of my favorite players wins and then one of my other favorite players loses. So it really kind of – it's kind of conflicting in that matter, which is how – why I can't get entirely invested in the match as, as a whole. It's a great match, no question about it. If if we did, again, the top 10 best matches, it would have clearly been up there in top five. But, uh, yeah, just conflicting interest on my part, not really wanting either person to lose, really kind of hurt it on this particular list. Okay, uh, go to your four. Uh, my number four is a match that I remember watching live, and it is uh, Box Office Breakdown versus Top 10. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, the first team's tournament. This is uh, the, the last match of the, the tournament to get into a title match versus the Schmoes. Uh, and I actually I rewatched it last night, and it's still – it's it's really amazing. Like there's a lot of technical difficulties. It's it's when they're in like the, I think it was after Buzz Studios maybe. I'm not entirely sure, but it was like Box Office Breaker had just played a match uh, versus Collider, I think. Uh, I think which was Dennis and Schnepp, if I'm remembering yep. that right. Yeah. Um, they were dressed as priests. Uh, top 10 came out in classic fashion. They had like, the gloves and the mask and all that type of stuff. Um, there was like misquestioned, like the doc, Christian was like really had the laptop and the, there was no questions on the doc and all that type of good stuff. Uh, this, like JT had been carrying uh, Dagnino through the match. Uh, Dagnino actually played fairly well uh, in this match, um, but 
top 10 were clearly just a step above. Uh, they were, it was basically, it was there to lose. Um, going came down to the last question, obviously, which was like the double jeopardy round, the very controversial double jeopardy round. The classic question of in sideways, what does Paul Giamatti's character give to, um, is it Sandra? Sandra. Virginia, Virginia Madsen, one of them. Um, and yeah, like no one had a clue and you just see Dagnino stroking his fake mask beard. He's like, and then he just all of a sudden, he just gets an idea and writes it down and it's just like manuscript. And then all you see Josh's face, Josh can't hold it in. He's just like, Oh shit, like they just won and then they announced that they're the winner. And it's it's one of the most amazing upsets I can remember. And I think a reason it is up so high is because I actually do remember watching this live and like my mind being blown. Uh yeah, it's really great. Yeah, a little high in my book, but I can completely understand why it made yours, especially if it was one of the ones you remember watching live. So that has that has a different weight on it. Um Michael, you described the Schmodown so well. You definitely should have been on that Rankum episode. How dare Malcolm? Uh, How dare I will. Be on this, um, um, So anybody else on this match? I'll keep it short on that one. Yeah, this was a fun match to watch. It was one of the early ones that after I got in, into the Schmodown, I went back and watched. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird seeing uh, just the, those four together playing together in a match. I, I, that's a really weird concept. Um, then aside from the last question, not too memorable, um, but I can definitely see why this would make a list here. Yeah, kind of with me, um, obviously I saw this match probably two years after it was at, it actually posted. So I don't have the emotional investment and in everything that built up to it and kind of showed a lot of the flaws about the early, early showdown days kind of makes me happy that a lot of things got changed but uh oh you know fun fun match um but yeah it's nowhere near my my list on favorites yeah this is a this is a good match um it's actually kind of insane that finstock is the reason that they got to a title match because he answered a question right that really caused them to win um yeah no i i yeah kind of same with uh with the on this one i didn't watch it live i wasn't wasn't a fan of the Shmodan back then. So it's it's interesting watching it in hindsight and seeing how it played, but Jay Fury, God love him, because he carried Finstar to the to a title. It's it's insane that they had to go through a team that just beat Team Champ, which is Riley and Bob, the best three the players then with the belts from movie fights and the singles tournament. So it was crazy to see that upset and them just perform a bigger upset than that. So yeah, crazy but yeah. Um, just to quote the cool guy in the chat, uh, this is not even the top 75, maybe not even a hundred. How dare you, Michael <laughs> Campbell? You know nothing good, sir. Nothing. Um, cool guy's drunk. Cool guy's drunk again. Brooklyn, get off your fake, your other account. Um, all right. So we've reached the top three. Everybody's went right. So we're going to talk with Scully. Uh, start with your three. So my three, again, very much in personal taste. Uh, this was a match that I was really hyped up for, and I really wanted one person to come out a swinging, and they did, literally swinging. It's Bateman versus Guy from Houston. Yeah, this is my number three. After Spectacular 3, I was firmly, squarely in the Ben Bateman camp. Um, I was 100% against Guy. I am Team Bateman or, or Team Trader, however you want to do it all the way. I was so hyped for this match because I wanted Bateman to beat the brakes off a guy. And guess what happened? 
he he KO'd him into the ground and then put him into the ground via a chair. Um, and then also Booker T's turn from team guy to team Bateman, I, I think is another uh, underrated aspect of that match. I thought that I thought that was really well played. I, I absolutely love that. Um, and then the, and then all the five horsemen, the new five horsemen coming together. That's a great moment. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't quite beat what happened at the at the second live event when the first five horsemen formed. But it's still a, a fantastic moment, and it really it, it it warms my heart to know the guy was put in his place that night. All right, um, Coho, you know what to do. Put it on the screen. Wow. Um, I I strongly believe the Houston live event is hot as dog shit. I have stood by it. I think this. I think that if I went to this event, I would demand my money back. <laughs> the build up for this one, one. We'll just throw this right out there. First, it starts with um, the founding fathers versus double toasted. Yeah, ooh, we all knew where that was going to go. Ends in a knockout, and then the build up, the events that everybody's looking forward to. Not for trivia aspect, but for storyline. Bateman versus Guy. And it ends the way it does. You spin it again. I'm okay with another spin. And it hits right back. Like, come on. Like, it's not a good match. It's oh, it's just a... The chair shot's bullshit. The turn from Booker T inside the wrestling ring. I can't stand this event. I've never went back and rewatched it. I get it. That it's the game, how it plays out, and how the thing. But for a double KO for a live event, like, oof, I am so glad I wasn't in the building for that one. And then the infamous also in this, the same event. I know it's something over event we're talking about match, but Chance storming the ring and pissing off <laughs> Harlock was my favorite <laughs> thing of the entire <laughs> Oh, no, 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 don't get in there. Uh, Which was edited out in the, uh, in the video. Yeah, yeah I was getting ready to say, it's, it's a shame about only. 2,000 people saw that. Roka's about to slam his ass, and like it was so funny. Um, no, this match is <laughs> atrocious. I don't care for storyline. Favorite ma- You're thinking storyline. The chair shot's the most memorable thing, and it's still... <laughs> Guy sells it real good, too. Oh, pause that. I love it. Worse than WWE. Hate the event. Hate the match. Bye-bye. That... For number three on your list, you're great. You're you're gonna have to see the teacher after class. Um, everybody else, uh, why didn't you put this gem of a match? What are you What are you he's, doing? He's going first because uh, I, I, I want to say I want to go last on this one. Yeah, like it's not really one of my favorites. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, yeah, I think it the setup it could have been good. It was setting up to be awesome, and then just like, I mean, Andrew Guy got release dates and. Ben got Sprinter's Choice. Like, it just sort of, I think it just sort of ended any sort of tension or anything right there. And then, like, they stopped the match to bring RMB out. And then they stopped the match again to bring the fire. This is all happening in the middle of round two, which is like, makes it even crazier that they're bringing out all these people in the middle of round two. Um, obviously, Antenna KO. Yeah, not one of my favorites. Uh, I will say there is a funny moment after they've, like, hit Guy and, the founding fathers are in the ring. Roku tries to jump up on like the corner rope and he almost falls flat on his arms. Everyone, I recommend everyone go watch it and it's, it's freaking hilarious. I really wish it happened, but yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Not much to talk about. I mean, as as a reactor, I'm supposed to be pro Schmodown and everything is great and wonderful. It, this was hard to watch. I mean, just from, from start to finish. I mean, they, they brought the boat in for commentary because it was great. And it was Houston and, and it was pro Booker T and all that. The, the, the Booker T whole thing and just the wrestling fan in me, my eyes were rolling. It was just so, so atrociously bad. But... The gameplay itself, because we're talking about the match itself. Yeah, when when all the conspiracies talked about, you gotta find something different than a goddamn digital wheel, and all the conspiracies started and coming up with fifty different ways of how you could do something different than than the damn digital wheel. It just from start to finish, it just put a bad taste in your mouth from start to finish. It just, I I went back just to watch it again just to see. Can can I get myself through this match? And I I couldn't. I'm sorry. It, it was well intentioned. It, it was a great match to have at a live event. Obviously because of all the build. It's just a shame that it could not turn out better. Okay, so now I have like an hour to talk about. Um, Thomas, I had so much respect for you with a couple of the picks, but now I've just completely lost it. Um, I remember watching this live with Michael, Paul, and. Uh, Cornhole player, and we all like collectively agreed like it was like the worst live event this year. And then I remember like a week had passed, and they released a poll like what was the best live event? And number two was Houston. And I'm going, what? One, these matches were set up in a way where I was like, oh, double toasted. I'm good to see them play. Let's have them play Founding Fathers, and we're going to go into another one in this match. And Founding Fathers were two and one at the time, and they KO'd them. They didn't even deserve to be playing double, uh, to play Founding Fathers. It was such a waste. And then you have Bateman Guy, which I mean, their records didn't really align, and also Bateman was easily going to win. And this is purely just wrestling. Like I get that this is. If you're a fan of the Shmodown because of the wrestling aspect, that's totally cool. You can be a fan of whatever you want for whatever reason. But when it just feels like that overcame the trivia, that overcame the game, that became the number one priority, and that really ruined the flow of the match by having it having it stop the match halfway through just to have um, RMB come out and then um, and then that the five horsemen reveal and then the digital wheel, which I still think is just. Just for no controversy, just have a real wheel so we don't have the stupid, like, conspiracy theories. And then Spinner's Choice, he spins away, and ends on Spinner's Choice, the match is done. We all knew it was going to go this way. So why have the match like this? That wasn't even entertaining at any aspect, and it's just completely, like, useless at that point. Like, okay, so we got to see him smacking with a chair. Like, I just didn't really care for it. All it was was create five horsemen. And after that, they lost, like, five matches in a row, so it was, like, kind of stupid. Um, yeah, the- this was... The reward Ben got, where he got to choose who guy has faces next, hasn't even happened yet. yet. So I mean, yeah. The the, the best thing about Houston Live Show was the the Roca uh, Merle Rocky Three tribute at the very end. That was that was the epitome of this show. Um, I all no that. Sorry, I have to disagree with you too because that was really dumb. Because then they run around like, oh, you know what I'm putting on the wheel? You know what I'm putting on the wheel? You know what? What, what you was know, the best part of the show then? You know, that no, uh, at the end, uh, just when the the thing went offline. Um, <laughs> no, it, like you could have just paid somebody to be in the studio to spin the wheel, like and collider, and like live from like sc- like satellite in, like that would have been a total solve. Like, there's actually a wheel spin at that point. 
instead of like something digital. I can't stand that. Um, so sorry, Scully. I'm, I don't hate you. I just dislike you. No, uh, no, and, no. And, and uh, I, I hate the rest. Like the, like the, like the, the double toasted match was atrocious. I thought that I thought the ending was very cringy. Yes, Garth. But I, I still, I still really love the, the Bateman guy match. Something because I just was all in the team Bateman corner, and it was probably it's probably the only instance where. I enjoyed the story aspect taking over the actual trivia aspect. I love Coho's comment that was, uh, we get banned. You're 100% right. We're probably not going to be left. And we have to be, sub- and, and it's subjective, but we just, we, we can be critical because of something we love, okay? Don't think we're we just have to. trash. And, and you know what? I've already been called a heel before. Uh, this validates my heelness. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Man, 10th manager right here. Put me in. No, it's good. Uh, uh, let's go with uh, your number th- three, JT. It's, it's three, yeah. All right. So uh, my number three is uh, also from a uh, live event. And um, I, this is also kind of a, uh, a personal taste. But for me, when I think of favorite matches, what the biggest thing for me is the rewatchability of a match. And to me, one of the most rewatchable matches criminally underrated match is the first match from the first showdown live event real rejects versus the wild berries wow Hmm. wow interesting okay from start to finish the promos everything from from real rejects rapping from the wild berries i don't know how to rhyme things i don't know how to end up on stage sober and off to the races, the rejects come out to, to Fergie and the national anthem. One of, one of the worst ideas for an interest theme, and yet it somehow worked. And then the gameplay itself was actually really, okay. really good, considering the teams that you had. Okay. I, I mean, and just everything that played out during the match, it's like storytelling that's not intentional, but just happens because if you remember, the rejects literally challenged, like, three different calls during the match that the Wildberries had, and they got every call in their favor. So it was like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. Because remember, at the time, the Wildberries had never won. Everybody was like, oh, and 30, it's destiny. The Wildberries will never win a match. And the match plays out. Every call is going against them. It looks like it's not going to happen. The rejects are going to do the impossible. And then the five-point question, Dewberry yells out, rising sun, and the impossible happens. The Wildberries win a goddamn match and it's insanity it i can go back and rewatch this match all the time it's it's pure enjoyment from entertainment and actually really surprisingly good gameplay so no one obviously will have it on their list but to me it's a it's my guilty pleasure so it's a shame i couldn't be on the guilty pleasure list because uh i, I don't know what cody would have would have graded this because i don't get what that guilty pleasure thing was supposed to be graded but uh Take it away. Don't go ahead. Shit on it. Yeah, I don't like this match. Um, I like. I, I don't like Josh Makuga that much. Uh, I do as a player. Like he's becoming. I liked him back in this moment, but now it's just like everything's gotta be crazy. He's gotta run around the thing. It just drives me a little batty. I don't like um, him either. I, as a Stewart fan. I, I don't think this is the greatest match of that uh, uh, card, especially. Um, I think. I just I, the Smodown first event it has a little bit because it was the first ever live one, like really live. That people were like, "Oh, that's so cool," but it just doesn't stick with me. 
<clears throat> uh, this was funny, but again, not favorite match maybe, but not. I don't yeah. think it's overall great. Um, it's yeah, pretty it's not, high. It's not on my best <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It is but. pretty high on the list, if I'm going to be honest. So, um, what do you guys say about Real Rejects and uh, Wild Bears? Look, I I do think it's a bit high at number three, but this match is damn entertaining to watch just because of the ridiculousness that occurs. Um, just, just the premise that you have the real rejects who don't, who don't, only, who are like, who are like one, four at, at the time, the Wild Braves would never won a match. Something had to give, somebody had to win this match and it ended in, in a pretty epic way. Uh, it ended up on a, and ended on a walk-off five pointer. And then everyone was just, was just going crazy. I actually do. Uh, I, I do think this match is very rewatchable. I like, uh, JTH's, uh, rewatchability factor i do uh like that a lot in this match is very uh rewatchable is it a great match not necessarily but it's 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 entertaining it's enjoyable and if if you're looking for a fun time watching a schmodown match nothing too serious this is one of them you're a bad trivia player like me it makes you feel good um, there's one great moment in this, and that's the way to very unsustainable point because he like steps out of the chair and then is like <gasps> And then he grabs the, the, the horn and then says, uh, Rising Sun. The boo It's a great way to answer the question. I actually really like that anticipation because I had, had no idea what the five winner was. So props to them for that. But um, that's like the only moment I really like. He had the fucking Spider-Man 3 controversy with the with Ring Goblin and all that sort of stuff, which, I mean, is also stupid. It was incorrect. And then Jack White, which I yeah. still to this day baffles me to no end. I have no idea how I mean, you could say Jack that. Black. Jack Black, Jack White. How sense. could you say like, Jack Black is so like popular and memorable and like they're both how colors? Well, that and <laughs> they also colors are very hard to get confused. But they, that was just very. If sweet. you remember the uh, the other comic book question, they said the flaming torch instead of the human torch. Yeah, oh, and, so they, and they actually got awarded the points too. If you remember, there were a lot of moments that infuriated me, which stopped. Which I mean, I was never going to put this on my list, but yeah, this is a uh, this is a shit show. Like. So I agree with JTH in that it's a really rewatchable match. It's pretty breezy. Um, it's just there's no real stakes for it. There's no like true investment for for me to put it on the top ten like top ten list. I do love the rap, like where Greg's like, we got a hairy berry man named Josh McCuga. A guy can't feed his wife's vagina. I love all that stuff. It's uh, it's, it's really really fun. Uh, yeah, it's not my top ten favorite. All right, Jake, give us your three. Um, my number three, I think we're continuing the matches that don't mean anything are just for entertainment reasons only. I'm going with the famous Josh McCuga match where he played, uh, Finstock. Well, I'm sorry, I mean Mark Andreco. Well, I'm sorry, I mean Andreco. Yes. <laughs> this, I was super excited for this one. Um, so the build-up was... Josh McCook and Finstock were mega powers. They won their second match, and then Finstock famously said, bottom line, you're a loser. You, Operation Dumbo, you're a Dumbo. And then he left. And so McCook was like, okay, I want to play Finstock. I want to play in a match. And then 2017 comes along, and they, the president is set. Whoever loses is, is banned from the Shimonon for a full year. The loser. So Finstock plays a switcheroo. <laughs> Puts Mark Andreco recently in the lion's den, puts him in the mask, puts him in the uniform, comes out comes out second instead of first, which he should have, uh, 
wanted to come out second. Then you had Mark and Draco saying, I am Finstock. And <laughs> McCook was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to play and I'm going to beat Mark and Draco. And uh, he gets one point in round one. I think Draco goes four for eight. Not that good. Round two, Makuga gets, I think, Action Adventure does well. Finstock gives up a really big Charlie and the Chocolate Factory steal. It's, um, it's two points steal from Makuga. How many tickets? How many tickets? And then round round three, you come down to Makuga's five pointer, which is absolutely like, I don't know how he knew this, but I'm so happy he did. Because it was what film did William Hurt win an Oscar? And he's like, is it kids from the Spider Woman or Long Came the Spider? Come out, come up with his spider question, uh, spider movies, and then he says "Kiss of a Spider Woman" and gets the five points, sends it to McCook, sends it to Finn Draco, who has to hit his five pointer, and in hindsight, a fairly easy five pointer, which is which film does Honey Rider, which James Wan film does Honey Rider appear in, and he says Thunderbolt. It's tough to know. McCook somehow wins against someone who only missed one question in his match in his first match. Finstock is banned, and the excitement at the end when Riley and Roker they come and they like celebrate with uh, with Makuga after the win is absolutely amazing. Like that was, and I think Makuga said in the uh, post match interview that it's probably one of the best matches ever, and I absolutely agree. I watched this purely for entertainment reasons. It's absolutely amazing. It's great to see Makuga just smoking and not even caring and yeah. putting just. Answers that make no sense. I I put Merkins and just shit. <laughs> it's just absolutely hilarious, and I it just shows that this is. I think to me this is the ultimate underdog match. Which you can be the best player yesterday, you can be the best player tomorrow. It just matters how well you play in the hour of the match, and uh, it's just absolutely hilarious. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> um. Gosh, we know the entire match now, everybody. Um, uh, this is the first one that Harloff really just, like, got some backlash on. I remember that. Like, because he, like, yeah. yeah, because they were pissed because, oh, this is a, but when he showed up, I remember being a true fan be like, this is stupid. And, like, I was a Makuka fan then. I was like, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't agree to it. And then his classic line is, uh, Bibbs beat Andraco, JTE beat Bibbs, <laughs> I beat JTE so I can beat Andraco. So let's do logic. Yeah, logic. And I was just like, I was like, <laughs> go! He's like, I'll, I'll beat him too. Anybody can win. Let's go. And like the entire match, uh, I was on the edge of my seat. I love this match. I went back numerous times. Well done, Jake, to put it on your list. Um, everybody else didn't put it on there. Uh, you hate great, uh, you like barrel, terrible matches, but you don't like great matches, so explain your reasoning, people. I sort of like forgot about it, to be honest. So, like mm. again, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, this match is. I mean, this match is fine. I mean, it's not memorable uh, other than like the five <laughs> pointers. I mean, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I, I like like the gameplay of it, like leading up to the five pointers, oh. is not memorable at all. Like the premise, yes, guys, that's memorable. Hold on, guys, like, gameplay. Guys. Sorry, Thomas. I'll take this from here. I just said like a storyline implication. Like this is like fun, and that's not what Scully's in for. The stop it. It doesn't end in a brutal KO and a chair shot, so I can't make the list. Yeah, good job, Scully. Brian Michaels, <laughs> old ass uh, trivia players coming soon. Uh, that's what's going to be the team name. Uh, JT, what do you think? Because I'm tired of what Scully's what Scully's saying. Yeah, I mean it's it's a decent match. I mean at the time. I wasn't the biggest Makuga fan, so it really didn't matter to me what had happened. 
with with all the previous junk. But I was a big fan of Andrako, so the fact that he was potentially going to be responsible for getting Makuga banned did pique my interest. And again, the uh, the, the result came out of nowhere. So it, it did. It had the shock value, but at the same time, it, it wasn't the result that I was hoping for. So it 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 just broke my heart. So I, I couldn't put it on a favorite list, no, no matter how much it, it the result didn't turn out right. Didn't didn't have the real rejects in it. Um, so it can't be there. Uh, uh, let's uh, Michael go to your three. Yeah, uh, my number three is from Spectacular Two, and it is Above the Line versus Patriots One. Uh, okay, yeah, so this is, I mean, to tell you how much I love this match is that I was rooting for Above the Line in this match and it still made this high. I think this is one of the best played matches uh, in the in the Shredder history and it's sort of got iconic moments, obviously Above the Line coming off a tournament win. Patriots, uh, obviously, I think they're 7-0 at this point. Yeah, um, round one, it was, I remember like being, I was, I, this is where I, how I knew Jake just from being above huge Above the Line fans that, the whole tournament, we were on this like train, like train together. Like they were, they were going to win. Sam was going to get both belts. It was like destiny. Um, and then, yeah, like this, the the hype for this match is crazy. Like before the match, uh, people are yelling out trash talk at uh, Snyder and Drew's kid is like, especially Snyder. And you can that cracks Drew up. Um, like round one, it's very tense. Like you think above line are going to run through it and it's looking that way. And it gets to the last question and JTE is the only one to get it. And that's like, that proves to be a crucial point. Uh, they Patriots get war. They s- decide to stick with it. Snyder is very uneasy about it. And JTE, which we now know is a really, a really huge war fan. You know, he's a huge fan of born on the 4th of July, as we all found out recently. Uh, and he runs through that category. Uh, uh, Above the line gets sports. They miss the only question they miss happens to be a quote from uh, Remember the Titans. I'm sure that won't ever come up ever again in this, especially not in the same match. Like, you know, so it's, you know, some one of those things. Uh, round three, they get release dates. And it's like, I'm going to be like, this could this could determine the match because we know Sam Levine's going to bet three. Patriots, for their credit, they get the point. Uh, they get the two points. They get it right. Going into round uh, five, Patriots. Cool. Uh, of line, well, I mean, I'm skipping speed round. Nothing really happens. Okay. Uh, yeah, going to round five, Patriots are, I mean, above line are by like four or something. So, yeah. again, they get all their questions right. They get a fairly easy, which, I mean, didn't make Sam happy, the young adult question. Get comes to above the lines, 5.0, iconic at this point. I you know, remember the Titans. And then, yeah, and then Snyder had just lost his mum, and he gets on the ground. He's like actually legitimately emotional. Um, in the post matches, which is another reason I really love this match, and yeah, I think it's just one of the best played matches ever. And the hype is like was at an all time high, so yeah. Uh, this was on nobody else's, right? Or not the just, second uh, one, okay. Uh, yeah. this is one of my favorite matches, um, for the simple fact that uh, I'm my favorite actor is Denzel, so when the question was asked, and I said, I'm pretty sure because uh. This is, I'm a. This is a dictatorship. I am the law. I was like, they're gonna think this is Training Day because this yeah. is it could be a perfect line from Training Day. They're not thinking. Remember the Titans, and then him say Training Day. I was just like, no, because I knew yeah. the quote instantly. Like, remember the Titans, Denzel himself. Like, I knew it. So, like, 
for that moment. And this was the real team to take out. Everybody knew they were designed to be. Yeah, this team was designed to be the to be the the juggernaut to take out um, them, and for them to for pretty much Harloff and everybody to be like, they're still champions. They win again. Like, (laughs) mind blow. I'm still so upset of how the Patriots run win because how they ever agreed to play a triple uh, Iron Man match against those two makes no sense because the only reason the Patriots won for so long is because they were a games team, not a uh, strategy team. But no, this match will always be one of my favorites because of that five-pointer because, oh, mind-blowing. Anybody else on this one? I'm a little surprised this one didn't make the list. I understand why it didn't make Jake's list because he can't put it on there because they lost. But – Everybody else, I'm curious because man, there's some other matches that maybe shouldn't have made. I, I'm in the same boat as Jake. I'm a above line is my favorite Shimano team of all time, um, and it broke my heart to see them lose this one. Rest However, in peace. Uh, <laughs> objectively, this objectively this just missed my list because this was such a fantastic match back and forth, and and I loved and I really loved the comeback the Patriots had. And I did enjoy the uh, the Snyder tribute to his mom at the end. I, I really love that. But again, uh, this this probably this probably does land around eleven fifteen for me. Um, but again, the the team I wanted to win didn't win, so it missed the list. Well, for me, the for me the reason why I didn't put it on here is because I really honestly didn't have a preference on who won. So again, didn't really have the investment into it. Also, there wasn't really a whole lot of build going to that match. Yeah, above the line won the tournament, but it was like they won the tournament and then it just went straight into the spectacular. So it was like they didn't really build up the event, the spectacle of these two mega teams I, going at it. I disagree because I in, singles, disagree. in singles, they had a lot of history. JT had just taken out uh, Drew, Sam had taken out uh, Levine, Sam and uh, Snyder had faced off before. Same with Drew and Snyder. So I think, like, that was because this was Drew being like, "This is going to be my win over the Patriots." That, that, that's fair enough. Fair enough, but they didn't really build into that. I mean, like fair. they could have made that a bigger deal than it was, and they didn't. But uh, I, I agree that the comeback that the Patriots had is uh, it was almost like Patriots Falcons esque. I think Cody can appreciate that. It was like you didn't expect that the Patriots were going to come back and, and win that match, and they did. And it was just your, your jaw dropped when it actually happened, and they said, "Still the champs." And I go back and rewatch it. it it's I, I still can't believe that they won that match, considering, as you all said, they above the line was a team that was designed from the ground up to beat uh, Jeff and JTE, and it didn't happen. It, it took another three months before it did happen. But, yeah, ultimately, I think it's the second-best Patriots above the line match. So if if I did put a match on there, it would have been the second one first. Um, yes. Just real quick. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, um, so I – if I – wasn't as big of an above the line fan as I am. This would absolutely make the list, but I just—it's—it's just, it's hard to see them lose, especially in the way where it was them. It was set to them hit the five pointer and them missing to like to win the match, to win the belts, and they missed it. And it was a tricky above the line. It was a tricky remember the Titans question if you like not really big into it. And they just didn't—they didn't know the question and they didn't know it in round two as well. So I just hate that above the line was so dominant. In rounds one to four, like the speed round, they at the time Patriots were just so dominant in the speed round, and then here comes Sam and Drew, and they answer like all if the Drew's questions. Really good. 
Drew is really good in that speed. Drew was good. Like, he's under people underrate him on the speed run a lot. Um, and so it was just I was so disappointed. I was literally on the floor just waiting for for someone to say and new. And it was just so like devastating. Just like Jake crying in the shower on the ground. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Okay. Uh, I forget that when I watch it, but I just, yeah, that's my president over by the line is too high to put this on the list. We're heading for the longest episode ever, and I never oh, thought yeah. that was possible, but wow. Um, so, yeah, oh, uh, we're going to move on. Only when I'm on. Give us your two. Yeah, pretty much. So, my number two, uh, again, it's a little more recent one. It's Kalinowski Cushing three in San Diego. I mean, just, just well. the premise of just the premise of this alone is was fantastic. Like in Inner Geekdom, Rachel had taken both matches against Mike, and Mike was so determined to try and get that belt back. He'd just beaten Smets in one of the best Inner Geekdom matches ever. Um, a lot of people pegged Smets to win that one, but Mike ended up pulling it out. Um, and then this match. Mike was a little shaky from from the get-go. He missed uh, an Aquaman question. He missed a DCEU question, which he never does. Yeah. You know, he messed up Volko's name, and he never does that. And then he gets uh, Middle Earth in round two. Um, pudding? 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 Okay, well, that was 2017, Mike. Doesn't matter. Still missed it. Get on my face. Go ahead, white bread. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, um, but yeah, and then he gets, and it, it was an uphill battle for him for those first two rounds because you know he got Miller, which is arguably Rachel's best category. Uh, he, he was able to get some points out of that, and then that round three, that betting round, switched that momentum instantly. And and I, I love that switch of momentum in a match where things are going one competitor's way, and that shift of momentum goes the other uh, person's way. Um, and then the uh, speed round is pretty even. And then credit to Rachel, she battled to the very end, getting all five of those round three questions. Um, and then the pressure was on Mike, and he hit those two and became the new champion. And you know, Mike's my favorite uh, 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 Toronto competitor. And seeing him put all that hard work, all that work come to fruition in San Diego at that live event, it, it was great. So yeah, this this is my second favorite Toronto match of all time. Um, is also Rachel's last Intergita match. Um, yeah. So this is my number four. I had it high. Um, I love Mike Kalinowski. I've been a fan of him since his uh, DC movie news match against Cinema Blend. Um, and I was always questionable as him as an Intergeekdom player because he never played great, but he played good. And then when he entered, when he was in the 2018 uh, Intergeekdom tournament, he just like absolutely impressed me with his Intergeekdom knowledge. And I've always hated that he had to play Cushing in 2017 to get into the number one contender match, Fatal 4-Way, which, um, but that's neither here nor there, but, um, and then, yeah, he loses to, in the Nishimoto throwdown, which I like that match. I just, I mean, you know, I wanted Kalinowski to defend. And then this match happened to Big Smets, which is, a, that match is an honorable mention of mine, and he, Cushing has the lead after round two, and then round three, it's 15 to 18 in Cushing's favor, and then round three happens, and it's 15 to 18 in Kalinowski's two, eight, favor. 1 4. Yeah, brilliant strategy by Kalinowski. He bet three, he was confident in DC Moonies. That was what sunk him against in, in the throwdown against Cushing, was not getting enough points, because he only bet two in DC, in DC EU. And then speed round, he's just killing that. He's, I think he's he's mastered in a Geekdom speed round, which is brilliant. And then round five, he 
just had to see these 23. Thank you, Mr. Frank Langella, who was in him. He was in Masters of the Universe, played Skeletor. He is the first Inner Geekdom champion to reclaim the belt after losing it. And uh, he's absolutely my, one of my favorite Inner Geekdom players, one of my all-time favorites. And I, uh, I'll be rooting for him against Smets. Um, this is fine. It, what is also great about this one is that he finally overcame his white whale, which was Cushing, because he had lost to him. And she had lost, he had lost to her uh, three times at that point. And so it was finally Did great to see him actually. No, the white whale. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> And I am blown away. I'm a blown away for both of you um, that you both described the exact same match <laughs> in like the same atmosphere this is and, my the same, and, 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 and included the same shit. Like, good Lord, you described it twice. You actually talked longer than the match was actually live. That's insanity. Um, it's a fine match. It's fine. It's um, he puts the belt on him. I think there's a better match. It just doesn't go in your guys' favor. But every time he puts on a gold belt, his head gets bigger and bigger. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, again, yeah, he can. Oh, hey sheep! Oh, hey sheep! Look at my belt! Oh, ho, ho. don't care. Get out of it. You and that cornhole player can be the biggest fans of him you want. Um, but let me tell you that. Uh, be in the same category. <laughs> yeah, so he's he is what it is. That match is fine, but there's a better cushion match that has a better playout. So, um, yeah, well, you two. Uh, Michael, I'm sorry. I, and JTH, I'm sorry. If you have a lot to talk about, you can't talk about it because they use their 30-minute window. So go ahead and give me two sentences what this match moved to you. Yeah, I think I like the first one better as an actual match. This one didn't even go to the three-pointer, I don't think. And betting rounds, betting rounds in a Cushing mic matches are turned out to be huge, apparently. So yeah, learn not to bet. Um, and JTH. Yeah, uh, being at the free for all earlier this year, I kind of had a feeling seeing Rachel play live, how she beat herself up over, you know, how she played. I had a bad feeling what was going to happen in this match, and unfortunately it did play out. I do commend that she played a lot better than she kind of gave herself credit for, but kind of an outcome I was expecting, so it did hurt the overall excitement and being a Cushion fan that she lost. So, Okay, um, here we are. Hopefully. Uh, let's move along a little bit. Uh, who, who's two? I don't even know. It's JTHs. Oh, we're only at JTH. I'm sorry. Here's your two. Yeah. Give us your two. All right. Uh, my number two is uh, – Gibiani and Draco won the uh, the infamous you know non-scoring. Everybody gets questions right. To me, this is kind of the epitome of uh, what the, the original format of Schmodown was. You know, a lot of people always complained about you know everybody got different round one questions. So um, to me, this is how a, a great Schmodown match plays out. Everybody knows their craft. Everybody knows what they know, and. <clears throat> The, the only downside was the fact that Andrako in his round two question when he went to multiple choice just mixed up two answers and gave a, a, a fake answer, which Bibiani immediately knew it. But overall, it, it set the tone for what both these uh, players were on a collision course for you know, later on uh, in their showdown career. And there's really not a lot bad about this match at all. So it's, it's my number two. Uh, this one doesn't rank as high as it used to for me. It just was um, Bibbs acting like the questions are super easy, and he's, like, bored with it halfway through. They go perfect, uh, basically. Um, it's fun. Uh, it sets up Bibiani. I feel bad for Bibiani because this match kind of ruins his, like, 
the next year for him, basically, because he falls so far from where he was put. So, um, yeah, uh, it's fine. It's it's definitely a great moment. I don't – favorite match, I can't go back and rewatch it because kind of know the outcome because they don't miss at all, hardly at all, like one match. So, it's like, blah. So, uh, anybody else on this match? Great yeah, match. Uh, no, great ahead, match. Michael. Like, really good match between two great players who set their careers off. Yeah. Yeah, a great match. Uh, I prefer the – I mean, look, this, like – had the early version of Bibiani, which I wasn't a big fan of, the kind of like cocky, dismissive Bibiani that I was like, really? Like, come on. Uh, I just prefer the, the second match better just because like it's both of them in a title setting. There's a little bit higher stakes. I think both really step up to the challenge. This one is 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 also great. Um, but, you know, it's like it, it gets kind of boring after a while watching them hit question after question. It's exciting. But but for me, for for a, a, a singles match in that in in that sort of like everyone hits everything setting, it gets kind of boring personally. Yeah, this is a fine match. It's good. I really was intimidated by Viviani after this uh, this match, but other than that, it's a, yeah, it's good. Granted, at at that time when we were in an era of Umberto playing in Showdown, it was just nice to see two players that actually knew trivia. How, how dare you, sir? He's the guy. Right? You mean El Mayimbe? No, uh, We moving on? Good. Cool. Um, two, Jake. Uh, um, keep it under 15 minutes, please. Oh, I'll try. I'll try 14. Um, so this is actually a yikes from earlier. I don't know. I think this is two yikes. Uh, it's Dan Mel versus Ethan Irwin at New York. Wow. Probably the best. This is probably my favorite. This is actually this is my favorite title match. Um, this is one where I was not really that anticipated. I was like, well, Ethan's going to win because he's Ethan. And I wasn't like sure that Dan was 100% back in the showdown. Like he had good wins over Andrejko and Clark and even Stacy, where he, he had a perfect match that game. And he, he got TKO'd by Ethan. And so I was kind of like, there has to be something that happens that changes this completely for, for Dan to win. Um, that didn't happen. Dan just played a perfect game. He went nine in round one. He went seven for eight in round two. He went two points in round three. He got two points in round four, and then he only hits his two and his three. Both were playing phenomenal. Like, Ethan only missed, like, two, three, three questions the entire match, and yet he still was making it close. He had a lead going into round five, and I just – this is the match that made me realize that, yeah, Dan is back. Dan is better than ever. Like no one had, no one has ever performed a perfect match as good as Dan's did in a title match like this. In a, match, yeah. in a title match, it's crazy, and I think that's why he just he just works so well in title matches like this. And against Ethan, where Ethan was, even though he's missing, he always had the lead. He always was coming back, and I think it just shows at this point these are the two highest accuracies, performances, knowledge, the way they both played the game. And um, it just it turned out to be Dan's favor, and the way that he came he came out with the uh, the Jaws theme rock inspired music, I think it's just totally fits him now. And uh, I just yeah, this is one of the best matches ever, honestly. A great way to open the year. Two people else had it. Who else had it? Just go. I think we already had seven. Right. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah. Whoever wants to talk about yeah, it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah. So like Jake said a lot. Like pretty much everything I was thinking. I really loved the 
this was I was definitely worried because like Jake said, Dan had just gotten TKO'd by Ethan. And this was like a real test of like if he can win this, then it bodes well for him in his future. Um because if he loses this, then it's like, well, where do you go from here? You did beat Clark and Drago, but it's like once you got to that Ethan, is he gonna have like an Ethan hump to get over? Um and the like the his entrance when he comes out to the new Jaws music and it's just him by himself with the glasses, the flannel and everything is just like classic classic Dan Merrill and it really worked. Um, like and like Jake said, one of my favorite stats ever is Dan Merrill playing a perfect match and yet losing going into round five. I just love that stat and that really shows you the quality of the players in this this match and it was really good. Yeah, yeah, I think this match should have been dubbed uh, other the return of the king because this was the return of arguably the the greatest player of all time um did jt did you have it on your list yeah i had seven also uh let jth talk about it first sorry he actually actually had it ranked so yeah so to me me, at least i was consistent on this because to me this is just andreco bibiani won only a titles on the line um i think there was only two questions that were missed in the entire match um Ethan missed uh, who directed uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and he just gave up Rupert White instead of Matt Reeves, and he missed the Simpsons movie for the five-pointer. So, uh, and other than that, that was just three-pointer. Oh, okay. So he got three wrong. There's three three questions wrong the whole match, so not much different. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of questions getting right. It was kind of a a mirror image of Bibiani and Draco won to me, and just it was a title on the line, and I like both matches, so at least I was consistent on that. And also, just the moment after Dan wins and the, the crowd is chanting, like, you deserve it. And it's just sitting there, like, that gives me goosebumps every time. All right. Now, Scully, go ahead. Yeah, that's exa- that's actually what, what I was going to elaborate on. This is basically Andreco Bibiani won, but with a title on the line. It also falls in that same trap because with singles, where I don't know as much about as maybe, like, like Geek or, or Star Wars, when, like, everyone starts answering, like, that, when it's back and forth, in that setting when like no one misses anything it does get kind of dull in a single setting personally um but yeah this is a great match i I think it's one of the best matches of all time but favorite personally not for me fair fair okay we're going mike too i had uh speaking of uh speaking of the dough uh my number two is dan merrill versus sam levine at collision best collision i really great match dan was coming off a triple threat and yeah he won that's my thing Oh, I might elaborate later. Um, yeah, so I'll just touch on that. Uh, uh, Michael tried to do a fast one and put two matches at number one. Uh, claims that you can't talk about one without the other, but sorry, uh, I ran this by a few people and they're like, nope, pick one. So he wasn't happy about it. So we'll talk about it in a second what he actually wants to talk about. But anybody for Dan Merle, Sam Levine, um, and should I? I'll ask the panel real quick. Should I include the triple threat in this match as one key match? Or should I? No, it's two separate match? matches. Thank you. There's what? two. I love you, Michael. But I separate matches. Okay, so uh, this one, why didn't it make people's list? Go ahead. Uh, it, it's a fine match, but it's the second best Merle match on that show. So. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I do actually favor <laughs> the triple threat a bit more. I think that one's that one's more exciting. I think this match is very much an afterthought. Um, I, I think it's also an understatement as uh, it, it, it's just astounding how, how great Merle is at this 
Like, at this game, that he can go after playing two former champions. He goes and he faces another contender in another title match. So I think that's the biggest part of this match. But I do think the triple threat is the more exciting match on, on that card. Yeah, I'm, I like the Dan-Sam match. The thing is, is that at that point, Sam wasn't up to yet. He was good. but And he did well in this match. It's just Dan... Only missed a bonus question in the entire match. That was it. It just feels like it was definitely, it was never going to be close. And that's kind of part of why I just, I mean, I like rewatching the match. It's just not that high for me. And uh, I guess we'll get to the the other match later on. But yeah, it's just, this was like when you go up against Dan, you're either get, you, you have to give your best. And Sam just couldn't get that. Uh, you have to be almost perfect. So it's I will. I will say the best part is they're like Sam Levine's out there and he wants to challenge you right now, and he walks right out and slams the belt down and says, "Let's go, let's go!" Like I'm ready to go, and like that was like Dan's like, "Listen, I'm not in character or anything," because he did the same thing when he came out. He entered in the triple threat and just sat down and played. So I, I like that he kept it consistent. Okay, so Scully, go to your one. Um, my number one, just gonna come out and say it above the line. Patriots two. I love – this is the match I have watched the most out of any Schmodown match. I watched, I try to watch this match at least once a month if I can. Um, I, like, everything about this match is extraordinary. C- coming from – like the promo for this match was, a, was like over 10 minutes long. I think it's the longest promo of any Schmodown match ever. And it goes in the history of Patriots and Bubble Line and so forth. But I, what I love most about this match is that how it completely – it's the complete reverse of above-the-line Patriots won. Because in the first match, it was above-the-line, had all the momentum, first four rounds. Watching well, you know, uh, yeah, for, for first three rounds, then the final two rounds, Patriots came back and were able to win it. This time around, first three rounds, the Patriots were in control, and they got some seals of above-the-line in round two. But then that speed round. That speed round where I think Sam hits – Yes, it's like Sam hits the first three, Drew hits the fourth, and then um, Snyder gets the then Snyder gets the fifth just to, to give yeah. just to take that lead, just to give Patriots that one point lead, and then it goes back and forth, back and forth, and then they finally are able to hit that five pointer, and then it's 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 the reverse effect. The Patriots can't hit their five, which also would have broken a team's point record. But by the way. Um, and above, and like Harlov saying and new, that gives me chills every single time. Not discounting what the Patriots have done. I, I like just seeing all the work that Sam and Drew put in for that whole seven, eight month stretch. That's like since they became a team, it paid off so well. And seeing Sam hold both belts, that was a all time uh, uh, classic moment. Seeing Drew hu- hug that belt, like start like hugging it and like like. Putting the, uh, the the kiss to his mouth Kissing and like rubbing stuff. the belt. I mean, he was about to make love to that belt on screen. I I I, I think. Um, but yeah, this is my hands down my favorite match of all time. I I, I rewatch it very often. Yeah. Yeah, words speaking there. Um, yeah, this is my my number seven. I had it a little lower, uh, mainly because it's it's one of those weird ones where there was a couple of weird misses, like in round one, like the um. The, the Artex miss from Neverending Story, and then also you had some just weird questions in round two. Or even, like, I mean, first off, the thing, 
they accepted the thing, which at the time I think was fair. If it was now, absolutely not. But because there wasn't a precedent, you just have to go back as being pushing her kingdom when it's their kingdom in her, her title match against Sam. So there wasn't a precedent set, so I totally see why they accepted that. Then you also had that weird Johnny Depp, what's eating Gilbert Grape question, which is just designed to confuse you, which is not the point of right, answering, answering a question. And then you also have the Leo... Um, plays a U.S. Marshal. He does not play a U.S. Marshal in, in Shutter Island. He plays an, a sane man who thinks he's a U.S. Marshal. Like, it's just there's a couple of weird questions in that, but um, I I still had it on my list because it's just great to see Bob the Lion win the belt, like, what they were designed to do. And especially after so long, the Patriots, at that, it's been a year and a half since they had won it, and it was good to see like a new team champion and a team that deserved it by being the Patriots, who were 9-0. Sam being the first double-belted champion, and it's just it's absolutely amazing to see that. And it's, they're my favorite team for a reason, and it was great to see them rightfully win the belts. Um, yeah, I don't know why you scream. Like, you get chills when Harloff screams, and you're new, because you hear Sam Levine scream it way before... <laughs> And like he will, and you knew what they won, so it takes out a little bit of anticlimactic. Uh, so yeah, it's it's fine. It's a, I, I'm not the biggest above the line fan, to be honest with you. Uh, and just to clear something, I'm not a Patriots fan, I'm just a Red Sox fan that uh, I'm a fantasy football player, so I'm not a diehard Patriots fan. Um, but like, yeah, so I, I was more of a like, I wanted the Patriots to continue because that streak is impressive, and if you can keep it winning, let's go. Um, but to see Sam, I, and I mainly see Drew with a belt was exciting. Sam, you know, I already time, but I was excited to see Drew actually have a belt, and he was really fucking pumped. Uh, so, uh, which made it sad that Sam ran like a bitch and left the showdown, so he didn't face Dan. Uh, I will still continue to say that and get rid of the belt. Uh, anybody else on this match? Uh, I like the match. The only reason I it's sort of my list is because. I find the controversy is just sort of taken away from me. And it's really awkward to go back to, like, the thing, though, you'll be great. It's just, it's really awkward to watch, and that's sort of what takes it away from me. Yeah, for me, kind of what I said earlier, um, better match between the first one, but again, I had no vested interest in uh, either one, so it didn't matter to me who won, so that kind of kills the uh, excitement value for me, so. If they, if above the line had wrapped in their promo, would this be your number one? <laughs> Well, no, I, I will say this though, because I remember you all brought up the uh, the promos, and uh, I remember being about half hour into that video, and I hadn't even put a, a wrong answer yet because I hadn't even answered questions. So that was that was a very long promo. I do remember that. I'll give you all that. All right, JTH, give us your one. All right, uh, I think Cody hinted at this match a little bit earlier. Some other people on here have mentioned uh, the other match from this rivalry, but mine is uh, Kalinowski Cushing two from the Throwdown for the Intergeekdom Championship. To me, I think this is the uh, the perfect culmination of a great rivalry and a great match all together. The, the buildup was excellent. Uh, the match itself is superb. It had everything that you wanted in a great match. It had an epic comeback. Uh, the good guy is on top. The bad guy comes back with a valid comeback. Sudden death. Uh, two nearly damn near similar answers at the end. And then when and your winner is said and you honestly don't know who wins the match, it's really what vest the interest in this and of course being a Cushing fan with me uh i i was so happy when rachel won the belt um it's one of the best matches ever and it's my favorite match ever so there's not a bad thing i can say about this match yeah i had this at number eight yeah i had this at eight okay go ahead yeah i had this at i had this at eight um 
I I do love this match. I had like six or seven heart attacks during this match. Uh, when when Mike hit his five pointer, I almost fainted because I did not think he ha- I did not think that he had it. Um, but you know, the, at the ending, it was so great seeing Rachel get a belt. I mean, she look. I like the moment when Mike gets his belt is great, but I think the moment when when Rachel gets her belt is just a little bit better because you know that she's been wanting that for so long. She wanted that energy belt for so long, and she. Couldn't get it in 2017 when she lost to Inman. She couldn't get it in, in 2018 when she lost to Mara. And she finally got it here. And it's just a, such a great moment. Um, and the and the, the and the love between both Mike and Rachel after that match is so great to see because those two, like, they respect each other and they love each other. And, uh, again, that's, like, one of the best parts of, of, of the showdown. It was great to see that uh, personified on screen. Um, this match annoys me for the simple fact that if any of my clients would have ever bet three points with that big of a lead, you might as well just kiss your ass goodbye off my team. Uh, that is, that is a boneheaded mistake. That match should not have been close. That match should have, she should have still had five points entering. She should have bet zero. She should have five points, even if she meant going into the speed round. Um, and, uh, then clear your entire bet, still have the lead. And then we got way too close. It went to sudden death. Uh, Mike is lucky to have lasted that long in that match because he was he was dead to rights. Honestly, he was. Um, so that's why it does not rank high for me because it's just it's it's poor it's a poor playing of the game. It really is. Um, uh, what the hell was that? Um, okay, so anybody else on this match right here? Uh, Jake, go ahead and talk about white bread. Go ahead. Uh, so I, I don't want to go too much into detail because me and Michael have a video that we we recorded with Cornhole Player that you can just watch us going through the match so um all i'll say is that there are uh, the one thing i mean if i was a bigger rachel cushing fan then i would definitely have this on this and people think that i hate rachel cushing it's not the case i'm just not a big fan it's kind of like if you love something then you love something if you're not then that's just that's just how it is um but yeah this is a couple of mistakes that mike made like he could have challenged the gotham observatory question in round one he could have uh, if he just went multiple choice on uh, the wonder woman question in round two if he just bet three points if he just didn't know anything with, if he just took his time with the Lord of the Rings in speed round, it's just so many different mistakes he made that cost him the match. So that's a part of the reason why I just don't have it on my list. Yeah. yeah and just, I'm not just, I'm not the biggest IG person in general. So that's, I only have one IG match on my list. So and it's one of my favorite, has features one of my favorite plays in Mara. So that's just, this is a real, again, if this was best matches, this would be on the list, just favorites. It's best because it goes to the final sudden death. Like that's the only reason why people are big on it. Okay, uh, Jake, number one. My number one is um, this is this was an easy pick for me for number one. This is one that I can watch any day, any time. I've watched it. This is the one I've watched the most, and it is the semifinals in the 2017 Ultimate Showdown Team Tournament, which was a yikes from earlier. Above the line versus Wolves of Steel. This is peak performances by both teams. Two of my all-time favorite teams. Round two, Wolves of Steel. KO'd late to the party. Not because late to the party played bad, because Wolves of Steel played so good. They only missed one question that entire match. It was 29 points, and it was a KO. They didn't even go to round three. I was scared for about the line at that point, and about the line in their first two matches really showed how dominant they were as a team and why they worked so well. Then we have this anticipation with both these teams. Clark and Mark have beaten Sam 
in singles. And so this is kind of a revenge for Sam in this one. The first six questions in round one, everyone gets it right. It's 12 to 12. Then round, then question seven happens, and it is who voiced Lemire in Beauty and the Beast. Only Drew, in perfect fashion, gets it. Jerry Orbach. And that sets it, really, for why Drew is my favorite competitor. He gets a perfect round one. Again, the first competitor to get two consecutive perfect rounds in the showdown. Round two, both teams get their strength. Whoops, the Steel get a horror. They do really well. Above the line gets uh, 80s. Does incredibly well. You have some great answers. You have the mouth question from the Goonies, which has one of my favorite lines from Clark, which is his real name is Clark, which always gets me. And it's just, it comes down to round three. We'll still hit the two, the three, the five. Sent 32 points at that. Then it comes down to above the line. McQueen gets the two. Sam misses the three in comic book movies. What can you do? And then the five pointer in one of my favorite films of all time. Which film will you find the characters? Ricky, Fitz, Lester Burnham, and it is uh, Best Picture winner, American Beauty. 35 points. They beat, they break the points record at the time. They've held it since a couple of weeks ago since Shazam got the points record. Above the line, 3-0 going into the finals. This is everything that I want in a match. It is close, yet this still shows the, domin the dominance that Above the Line have, and this is a match that really showed that, yeah, if there's any team to beat the Patriots, it is Above the Line. I have this at nine. Um, yeah, I love this match. I think up until, I think up until recently, I think it's the best three-round teams match I've ever seen. Up until recently, um, I I just love this match so much. It's four great competitors, players who all like. It, it wasn't like a battle of faces, heels. It was just four players who love playing the game coming together and showcasing their knowledge. Like you said, the first six questions, nobody missed. Nobody missed at all for, for like the first six questions. Um, but then it's just, it, it was like, I can't even describe it. The match was, the match was so great. Um, but yeah, nothing else to add on, uh, on top of Jake's. Um, above line breaks the points record and they really solidify themselves as like the new juggernauts of the league. Oh. Okay, yeah, uh, this match, I absolutely love this match. Uh, this is one of my favorite matches. It sucks for Riley, too, because they're like, we're going to get you a belt. Let's get you a belt and then play effing perfect that they possibly could, and they still lose to the match. Like, it's, they could have they could have done some things different, but still, at the end of the day, it, like, they put all their, they put it all out there. I love that you said this was, like, one of your best threes, but you put, like, Guy and uh, Bateman above it, so just saying. Um... Uh, wrong on that one, but no, this is a correct one. I consider this, I could consider this one of the best team matches of all time. And number one is a best and favorite. I like both because they both put everything out there. Um, and it's just about uh, four people that just respect the game, and there's not a lot of trash talk, there's not a lot of back and forth. They're just like, let's go out and let's just play the game. And it was, it was, a, it's a great match. Uh, JTH and um, you guys didn't have it on there, so go ahead. I'll just yeah, go. I'll, I'll go first. Um, just for clarification, you said uh, everybody got a question right in the first six because I thought uh, Riley missed the third question because didn't he miss the uh, death becomes her? That was that's the, the eighth question. Oh, that's the eighth question. Mm -hmm. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I stand corrected. So uh, yeah, for me again, it's kind of the same issue that I've had with a lot of matches that you all had that it just no vested interest in either team, so it just doesn't have the level 
of excitement and vested interest to be one of my favorite matches. Damn great match. I've gone back and rewatched it many times just because of the overall gameplay and all, but uh, it, it didn't matter to me who won. Obviously, there's a lot of Wolves of Steel fans, a lot of above the line fans, so obviously there was a vested interest in that. I think it was more based in the fan base more than the actual teams themselves, but uh, yeah, I, I can't complain about the overall where people would risk list it, just not online personally. Uh, yeah, and so I'm sort of ashamed. I I forgot this to be honest. Like I just shame on you. You're number one. Skip my mind and okay. So the concept of what a hamburger is all about is no longer a team. Yeah. Uh, incorrect. Incorrect. Uh, give me your number. One. Yeah. So my number one is uh, Dan versus Roku versus Riley. Um, slash Dan versus no, I'm kidding. Uh, I made this <laughs> uh, so obviously it's a triple threat. These are the first three uh, holders of the singles belt. They've all they wrote, they'd all like faced each other pretty much in some way, some shape or form. Uh, Roker uh, Murrow was just coming off the lost first Roker, and he's coming off the four the XX five XX. Uh, Roker just lost to Riley. Um, and it, it was just an iconic match featuring three iconic players. Um, I was, we now know later in hindsight that if Dan had lost this match, this was going to be his retirement match. Um, cause he's basically like next time I lose, I'm going to retire. So there's a lot riding on it for that, that we didn't know about at the time. Um, I love just, I love the entrances. They all come out. They're all business. Uh, Riley again, like he has shown, he's just a little bit below Dan and Roker. Um, he was losing after round one. Um, they each get their strengths in round two, and Riley sort of, sort of bombs his. Um, it's it's a really well played match. Dan only misses two questions in this match. He only misses one in the Sam match. It's just a, he only misses three for the whole event. Uh, it's really just one of the best played matches you'll find. Uh, Roker misses his two and his three. Obviously, the iconic Calvin Klein uh, question. Fucking Calvin Klein. Uh, he says, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> he does it all the time, so it's yeah. very ironic. Um, yeah, it's just I love Dan, and this is basically Dan porn. I'm just going to say it. No, I'm <laughs> uh, it's a really great match with featuring players, and this is basically like if you're ever going to show, like, what is Dan Merrill and the Shmodan, this is the event to show him. Plays two matches back-to-back, -back, ten rounds, misses three questions. So, yeah. Yeah, so this is this is not the best match overall. It's the best like people showing up at a table like of the passing of the tour. Like it's the closing of that chapter. Like it's this is how it all plays out. Um, because like Riley winning the belt going into the match, agreeing to a triple threat, like stop, like shut your mouth, let's be quiet. Do not agree to that. I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. Sure, we can add you. Um but it's like they don't all play well. Dan plays great. The rest play a little down. And like him screaming, shut the fuck up. And then, and then uh, Harloff goes, they can talk. You do it every match. Shut up. Like, <laughs> um, and he's like, you're right. You're right. Uh, he brings the, the – isn't this when he – he also brings back the the blindfold. And he can't, it's just – You can't, you can't write. And like, <laughs> you can't see, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's fine. It's – it's not like it's a little high, but I completely understand it is Dan Porn. So yeah, uh, that's fine. Uh, everybody else on this one, make it quick. Yeah, I'll be real quick. Uh, the, the, this match is great. It's pretty rewatchable. It just misses my top ten, um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a great match. 
Yeah, fun match for me. Uh, kind of predictable at the end of the day. I mean, I think a lot of us went in knowing Riley didn't really have much of a chance because Dan and John were just on a different tier at the time. And he kind of showed in the end, he missed that Armageddon question that knocked him out. It was kind of unforgivable. But it, best player won. You can't really complain about it. Yeah, when when Michael said Dan Porn, I just imagined him watching the five point and going, Yes, it's Michael Kane. Michael Kane played Alfie. Which <laughs> when he when he watches the match. But um that, <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> well that's what this happens match. when you're on the you would switch around on your ha- what happens when you're on two and a half hours at this point. Uh go ahead, Jake, make it quick. So this match um would have been better if, if Raleigh was just was on the same level as Raker and and in the match. I mean, Roka was coming off of a very, very embarrassing loss against the Patriots the second time. Got them uh, wet bandits. But yeah, he missed the uh, the Calvin Klein one, which is which is hilarious and embarrassing. And then he missed the uh, the Green Room one, which just makes no sense. And uh, he, if he had bowled, he would have gotten that, I guess. But uh, I guess Claire Folani just looks a lot like Patrick Stewart. Okay, thank God we're here. We're going to be the longest episode after this, and we've had Hell yeah. on this show. This is bullshit. You all four are never invited back, I promise you. Not all of us four. Of course it's going to be. To be fair, I think the reason was we've all seen the matches, so we all had a lot to talk about. So there was never one was, oh, I've never seen it. We all there's just that, had a lot there's a difference between seeing it and reciting it shot for shot. <laughs> and the giving, view- showing you the transcript. And enough, enough of like you and you and Jake and Kalinowski point like you both and like talked about the same thing for forty five minutes together. You could have just said your turn instead of just talking about the same thing that Scully just talked about. But we're finally reached to the thing. Here's the top ten. We only have two people probably still watching. We had ten at one point. They all hopped off the ship. Uh, give us your uh, your number ten for a combined list is uh, Chance Ellis and Paul Yama. Your number nine is William Bibiani versus Mark Andreco. Your number eight is Dan Merle, Ethan Irwin, two. Your number seven is Dan Merle, Sam Levine. I see a theme. Your number uh, six is Dan Merle, John Rocco, Mark Riley. Your number five is Above the Line, Wolves of Steel. Your number four is Dan Merle, John Rocco. Your number three is Mike Kalinowski, Cushing, two. Your number two is above the line in Patriots 2. And your number one of all time, Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel Cushing 3. Highest points. You guys put a top spot. Overall breakdown. New record. Longest episode will shoot us all in the head. I have a match after this. It's really going to suck. Um, uh, so next, well, hold on. Overall grades go out. Um, top score, the highest score I've ever given on the show. Drum roll, please. It goes to Michael Campbell. He gets an A-. minus. Uh the first two were a little high, but the rest I completely agree with you. Number second place, he may have talked really long, but Jake Mayer Gunny with a B minus. I agree 100%. Uh, third place, JTH, he gets a C plus. Some of I disagree with, some I agree with, uh, but that's what makes JTH great. And last place, because I don't think he understands what the concept is, it's a D. A D for you. Uh, you just put some, you put a. You put above the line uh, versus Wolves of Steel at nine and put Guy versus Bateman higher. It's just <laughs> favorite. Just watch a post-match. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, um, but, again, that's your list sucks. Next week we got crime with uh, Kirk. I'm going to be on the show. I'm actually going to be judged. Uh, I put my top ten in there. I'm actually going to be on the show for the first time. So I'm going to 
get ripped apart because if anybody knows my crime taste, uh, uh, Irishman number one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, then we got Star Wars extended universe characters. Yeah, shoot me in the face. I'd rather never be close to that episode. So Jay Burns, you're going to be on it with Dome and Nico and everybody else. Uh, 25th is Christmas movies. Uh, so please submit your list for Christmas movies. I don't have a full panel. I have Jim Green so far, and I think somebody else, but not nobody else. Uh, and coming soon to the page of Multiplex, I have the next three months of this show planned out. If you want to list, you got plenty of time to watch. We have great topics coming up. It's going to be a fun time. I have guests. I have uh, special guest hosting. It's going to be a blast. So please be back. Uh, check Multiplex and check out King's Day. You're not here, but check out King's Day this week. Uh, we have three videos going up, three uh, three hour increments. Uh, we have uh, Warzone singles and Warzone teams going up. Uh, concept uh, Jake and Michael are competing against Boatman and Sean. Um, and uh, Robert and Tim are playing against uh, Necronomicon. Uh, RJ's playing Robert. Jake's playing Jeremy for the 12,000th time. Um, and a bunch of other fun matches. Me and Scully are playing in the sports match. So uh, join us uh, for this weekend. It's going to be a great time. Uh, everybody, take care. Thank you. Send me your list.